1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the 27th episode of Tales of Tamriel. I want to thank everyone for joining us again for this live episode. I am your host, Agelos, he who is frantically trying to put together a spreadsheet of all the new gear changes so uh, I can figure out exactly what I'm gonna make at VR12. Also with me this afternoon, she who will wait until I've finished said list and then steal it. Face. how are you doing today, my dear?
0: i am pretty good it is a nice breezy rainy day so i'm kind of enjoying it how about you
1: i do like the rain i really do um but our gutters need cleaned out because that's why they're leaking into our basement
0: oh Oh, that explains a lot
1: yeah that needs fixed okay also with us this evening the man who's running our stream and he who's already crafted all the gear which is best and wondering why i'm wasting all the time with this list instead of just asking him deltia of deltia's gaming how are you doing today good sir
2: you can now just call me mr best in slot Ha! ha joking hey doing good i'm um, glad to be back on hopefully i don't die and for all of you out there playing the tales of tamriel drinking game Anytime King Foltest dies, you have to take a drink of something. I don't drink alcohol, so I'm gonna be drinking Rockstar instead. But that, that's the fun. So, thanks, Bla.
0: Ooh, I love Rockstar. It's one of my favorite energy drinks.
1: Oh,
2: it's the best.
1: Indeed. Well, we'll be calling out every time that King Foltest dies, which, by the way, he does die. Spoiler for anyone who's not played Witcher two.
2: Oh, um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm getting low. We got a pot. Okay. Oh, oh, I made it. Sorry.
1: Oh, oh, so close. So close to having to take a drink already. All right. Well, with that little bit of fun we're gonna have during the episode, we're also gonna go into our game news. So, first off, on the game news this week, the European, or European. Oh my goodness. Mega server migration has taken place. It was scheduled to take place on July 30th, and I guess they're going to have like 10 hours of downtime, but it came up actually fairly early. Um, I don't know of uh, anyone who's actually playing over there. I know we have someone in the chat room who actually plays on the uh, European servers. Hopefully he'll maybe weigh in for us a little bit. But uh, uh, Esteldon, if I pronounced it right, remember a little bit low on the ass part, remember? Asteldin. Um How is the lag on the... EU Mega Server. Have you noticed any change? Any difference? I know you're in the chat room so when you hear this 30 seconds from now just let us know. Um, otherwise, I guess everything went all well because they got done ahead of schedule and it seems like uh, everything's up and running. I've not heard anyone complain or scream end of the world or the game's going free to play because they lost their characters so I guess it all went well. Base, what do you think?
0: I, you know, I don't really have anything to say about that. I think I guess it's pretty cool that the Europeans now have their own European mega server. Everything should run much smoother for them.
1: <laughs> well, uh, according to uh Steldon it's actually worse. <laughs> <laughs> they have a few issues involving random freezes. Oh my. Is that uh I'm actually kind of curious um is is that a, a documented change like is it is it you or is it a common thing on the EU side of forms? I'm kind of interested. Uh, with that being said, uh, Deltia, um, the change kind of went quickly. I mean, you uh, did you hear anything from any of the EU guys about the move?
2: No, I mean, all the European people that I play with just or, play over here anyway, so I don't know of anything, honestly.
1: Yeah, right, right. Well, even um, even Matt Firer when they did the interview about moving it, they pretty much said... We're we have a lot of faith in our code and people shouldn't notice hardly any difference at all. So it's just kind of nice to have it in that area now. But uh, yeah, so no deaths yet. No, no deaths yet. All right. No drinking yet. All right. So that is the EU mega server change. Not a lot there, but I know the EU guys have been waiting on that for a while, and I'm glad that actually kind of went down without too much of a hitch. And uh, let's move on to the next thing. Next up was there was a Reddit AMA with the ESO art team. Um, sadly, I didn't get a chance to read all of it. Uh, Delty, have you, did you get a chance to read it? I have not, no. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I actually completely forgot that it was going on. But I, again, I have a feeling that uh, this is going to be very a, a niche kind of AMA if you're if you're very artsy and into the art of things it would be kind of neat to get into their head but similar to like the uh, when they did the sound team AMA it was all very technical and related to what their field was and not anything like mind-blowingly new was ever released in that one like oh yeah we're doing a whole new soundtrack with x person none of that ever showed up it was just a yeah this was our thought process behind it so, if you are the artistic type and want to go check it out, it is on Reddit. And I will actually post a link here in the uh, chat room for people. Uh, anyone who's listening to this in podcast land will just have to uh, search it. All right. Moving on to the next bit of news. And again, more swag coming out of Bethesda store. Limited edition Moleg Ball Metal Print. Swag. Yeah. Yeah. The God of Schemes commands you to welcome him into your home. There's only a hundred available. So apparently they've released a whole new uh metal, I guess what is the metal prints are available. Uh eighteen inch by twenty four metal print of the God of Schemes. I about got
2: it. I about ordered it. Did it you order my, it? It was in my card, I about did.
1: Oh. Oh say. yeah. Oh my! Is I love the physical swag, and I wish I had the money for it, but it's two hundred and seventy-five bucks. Yeah, three hundred with shipping. Three hundred was shipping. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like the swag. I really do, but um, that's that's up there. That's up there in price. Yes, it's it definitely is. not a not a cheap thing to actually get. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So if you actually happen to have some uh extra three hundred bucks laying around, you can go ahead and get one of these metal prints. Stace, what do you think about it?
0: Oh, I, I definitely want it. For for our up-and-coming gaming loft. I think that needs to be in that room. <sighs>
1: Again, I wish I had $300 laying around, and I probably would get it. It does look really sick. It really does.
0: I'm not good at math, so in my head, I'm trying to picture how large it would be. But in my head, it's like this big. And I I know that's a little bigger than what it probably is.
1: Just a foot and a half by two feet.
0: Oh, thank you. Because that means a lot in my head. Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, Also, please note, I'm sad to say this for any of our EU fans out there, it is only available in the U.S. and Canada. So... If you do have uh, extra money and you're in the EU, you can donate to us. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or you have a US friend who's willing to ship it to you if you ship it to their house. So, yeah, don't don't put me on that list because I may just keep it and say it got lost in shipping. All right. Um, next up, this should actually benefit our EU friends out there. ESO is coming to GamesCon on August 14th through the 17th. It's... Uh, GamesCon is Europe's largest gaming convention. And they're going to be at the same booth they were last year, which is A031 in Hall 9.1. So stop by and say hi and meet their community team and uh, play some PvP. I guess they're going to have that uh, PvP setup they had before, the uh, 3v3v3. So hopefully we get that in the official game sometime soon. Um, anyone have anything to say about the GamesCon?
0: Uh,
2: well, i go, well, go
1: ahead. ahead. No, you. Oh, me? You
0: you first. I am so sad that all these different types of of conventions go on, and I've actually never been to one, and I really, really want to go.
1: Well, that being said, most of the big ones, the one you could probably get into, uh, PAX East is in Boston. That's like three hours from us. Yes. Yeah, that's about the only one. PAX Prime is, where is PAX Prime? Cali, somewhere?
2: No idea, I don't I live in Nebraska and nothing's ever here.
1: Nothing is ever in
2: Nebraska.
0: <laughs> Who lives in Nebraska?
2: My wife. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, about the GamesCon thing, that's cool, they're going to stuff. I mean, other games, they start fizzling out and stop going to stuff. I thought QuakeCon was fantastic, as did we all. But, um, yeah, I'm glad they're, they're still reaching out and doing the fans. You know, Star Wars The Old Republic has the cantina tour thing, which I think would be kind of cool if they had it in this, this, um, this, but they're also making it around. So I'm I'm excited to see them You know, out in the community.
1: Oh yeah, like these guys are insanely active. Like you said, most of the big game companies are active right around maybe like a year before their game launches and then they don't show up anywhere anymore except for maybe when an expansion's coming out. These guys are still actively going out and um doing fan stuff like Reddit AMA posts and they are just an insanely active development team. It is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, well, with GamesCon happening, if you're going, uh, you should contact me and uh, I can give you a list of questions that we want answered. That'd be great. So, send me (laughs) a message. I'm sure Delty is the same way. If you're going, contact us both. We will give you a list of things to harass the community team about. Hmm. I know we will. Okay, and we'll move on to the next bit. What's going on tomorrow, face?
0: Oh, oh, the, the patch that we're not going to be able to play for a week or so because we play on DSL, and downloading is kind of a pain. That. All
1: right. Uh, uh, Deltia, what's going on? A little, a little update, I think. A little update. A little update. A little? I, I was kind of <laughs> hoping for a little bit more of a positive reaction. I picked oh. the wrong person for that. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm a little bitter because it's going to take forever to download. Yeah, it
1: will. <laughs> So update three is going live during Monday's maintenance, August 4th. That is tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're listening to this podcast in podcast land, it is probably live like right now. Or actually, I should take that back. If you're downloading the podcast when I upload it, the servers just went down and they're applying the patch as we speak. So update three, ladies and gentlemen, Guild Extravaganza. Some awesome, awesome things going to happen here. First off, I know, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, one of the biggest things that we all kind of were ranting about. Go ahead. You, you say
0: it. No, I, I don't know what you were going to say. All I was thinking of was the die system. That's, That's exactly I what
1: I was going to say.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, the die system. I'm... I am about to become a vampire tonight, so I can work my way towards that achievement for the die. And then I'm going to probably start fishing, because there's a pink die that I need to get my hands on, so I can be Twit Queen Thais the Pink Ranger.
1: I'm very upset, Zoss, that you did not take my per- uh, petition to move all pink dyes to spider killer achievements. <laughs> because that's what really should have happened
0: i'm quite happy that didn't happen because i'd never have a pink die
1: uh, that's the point point. <laughs> and deltia die system
2: black and yellow black and yellow that's, <laughs> that's what i am in every game you'll see me coming and get out of the way and i yes i'm a vampire too uh because really that's the only way you can play all those scrolls and never die
1: as a vampire Yep. Just dodge fire in your life. Dodge fire. Do not light any candles, are you may yeah. die.
2: You will not smoke if you're a vampire, but yeah. <laughs> uh, this patch is going to be awesome. Guild Tabber. I mean, it's like they're making it so your character feels unique, and that's what everyone wants in an MMO. Not everyone else has ancient elf armor. Well, who cares? Now, once you get some more of, of these customization things, everyone's going to look different and unique, whether it's pink, crazy, nut looking. Or you got black and yellow, like Wiz Khalifa look, or whatever. It's going to be awesome.
1: Indeed. And I know uh, when we first saw the the uh, die system, the first thing that Thais and I mentioned was, oh my goodness, this is almost like a carbon copy cut of Guild Wars 2's die system. Anyone who's played Guild Wars 2 would agree with this. And for the first time ever, that is not a negative. Normally it's like, oh, that's a copy-paste of this. That's one thing Guild Wars 2 did so right was actually the die system. When I saw this, I was squealing like a little girl and it was pretty awesome. It, it was really, really cool to actually see all these different dies. And I actually like the fact that they are tied to achievements because I'm already an achievement whore. Love
2: it. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, I'm just going to... Now it's going to be something else, not even the custom, you know, being able to customize my character. It's going to give me something else to do because now if I log in and I'm not really sure what I want to do, I'm pulling up my achievement list and go, all right, let's do some achievement hunting. What don't I have yet? Not that I don't do that anyway, but now there will even be more of an incentive to do that. And uh, with that incentive comes people who may not be such an achievement whore will actually be out there doing the achievements as well. So you'll be able to get help more readily if it's a harder achievement. So that's exciting. So, die system is coming as well as guild tabards. So, now guilds will be able to design tabards that their characters will be able to purchase in some way. And uh, yeah, those look really neat. I know those. um, The last game that I played that actually had tabards that were customizable in a way was uh, Dark Age of Camelot. I know Warcraft had tabards, but they were all pre designed that you could collect and um what was the other game final fantasy 14 doesn't have tabards but you could design guild symbols that were painted on your armor and shields which is really neat but uh, i'm really excited to actually see this i know shields aren't coming this patch so i hope they add that in where you're able to paint your symbol on like a shield if you have hey, it that'd be sick yeah I'm not fond of diable weapons, and thankfully, even when they talked about diable weapons, the guy was like, yeah, no, we're probably not going to do that. Um, you want
2: pink, pink uh, face weapons or something? Pink
1: face weapons, exactly. He's like, yes! no, we don't, We. he liked the idea of the shields, because, you know, you could paint your shields. He liked that idea, but he's like, yeah, no, probably not going to do diable weapons. And you know what? I'm actually fine with that, because it would drive me nuts to see some guy running around with his pink sword hanging out. <laughs> That's right, I said it.
0: I would love a pair of pink daggers and a pink staff.
1: A pink staff. Yeah, no. no. Could you imagine the troll names that would come out because of walking around with a pink staff?
0: There's already all kinds of troll names. There would
1: even be more. Hi. (laughs) All right, and um, along with this, there's some changes to the guild system as a whole, which some people who are doing the guild leader thing, guild office thing, we'll be happy about because they're adding multiple ranks uh, that you'll be able to add, edit, and all that fun stuff, uh, assign symbols to, and they're adding a little bit of permissions to the guild bank. Unfortunately, they haven't done any permissions with items, but they're allowing you to add gold to the guild bank now and being able to assign withdrawal limits based on rank. Deltia, what do you think about that?
2: That's good. I mean, they're, like we were talking before the show, come on, guild calendars, hello? Hello? We need something to organize uh, events. I, I think there's outside systems for that, but why games don't have a guild calendar system, I don't know. I want that in the game. Other than that, guild tabler's awesome. I mean, I could see ten people, like, we got a little small four-man team here, Roman Seardell, getting Sky Shards, but how cool would it be to see, like, black and yellow guild? Uh, the snake or whatever coming at you in Cyrodiil. Wouldn't that be sick? That's going to be fun.
1: Oh, I definitely agree. And Unfortunately, there is no... Um, there's there's a, a snake. ...calendar. No, guild oh. calendar. No, the snake you have. There's like two snakes on there. Oh yeah,
2: you know I'm rocking a snake.
1: And I, I pointed out the one for you. It's the uh, the gloved, the gauntlet fist <laughs> up in the air and the snake <laughs> scrolling around it. I'm like, that's Delphine yep, right there.
2: That's me. Yep, that's that's my guild.
1: All right, and the last thing, which is... I don't know if it's still controversial. I haven't heard a lot about it, but the Guild Kiosks are coming into play. I think it's too early to really mention about this, but there's, what is it, 120-some locations in each faction um, that you'll be able to get. Now, with that being said, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that 120 in each faction is... Everyone will be able to use it. Like I could go into the Almari Dominion uh, zones and be able to purchase that area. But uh, I guess that would be kind of hard because only the veteran rank people who, are, who have unlocked that zone would be able to actually view that guild store. So I have a feeling if you're able to buy locations in all three factions once you've unlocked them, the the primary factions will probably be the hottest selling because everyone in your faction has constant access to those at all times. Uh, particularly Davin's Watch, Daggerfall, and uh, Vocal Guard will probably be the biggest biggest ones because everyone's right there, and you know you can park your alt there and sell and buy and all that stuff. Um, but guild stores are coming out, and they're going to use a blind bidding system that will allow you to purchase one of these on a weekly basis and once you own it for a week your guild store will be available to be viewed by anyone who goes up to this kiosk and and looks looks through it now i guess with that being said if a guild kiosk does not actually sell they're gonna have a flat price on it that the first person it's first come first serve that comes up to the guild kiosk and buys it they get it for the remaining time left on so if you notice on I don't know, let's just say it resets on Monday. If on Thursday you notice that, oh, this one hasn't been bought, they'll have a flat fee going, okay, starting Monday, this would be a 1,000 gold, and they prorate it based on what time it is that you buy it. Now, you don't get it for a week, you get it till the next reset, but uh, I, I have a feeling that whatever day they pick to do the bidding, There's going to be people running around to all the different spots to see if someone did not bid on one of these locations so they can get it cheaper. So that's kind of exciting. Thais, what what do you think about the Guild Kiosk system?
0: I think it's really going to flesh out what guilds are active and what what guilds aren't. Because when we first started, we were in guilds that were really active and and now even our trading guilds are, are kind of dwindling and the more we play the more we see new ones popping up saying, hey we're active, come join us instead. So I do think this is a good idea since there isn't a a, a worldwide auction house, it's going to be a good way to try and sell your wares to see which guilds are in fact the most active and to be able to be a part of making more money. because. I don't know about you, but I have hardly any money because I can't ever sell anything. So I think this is a good idea.
1: Right. Uh, Deltia, what, what are your feelings on the guild kiosk?
2: Well, I think it's a pretty interesting idea. I mean, if you give people an incentive to band together to accomplish something, i.e. a team, then there's reasons to do stuff. Whether it's wearing a tavern, buying a guild kiosk, et cetera, et cetera. So, what I'm trying to say is any more reason for people to band together and do stuff, the better. And this is just another one. I like how the marketplace isn't a global auction house where you can get everything. Well, you can get temporary allies now, but it's not easy. You have to sit around and talk. You can get you know, the lore books and everything else, I mean the uh, Daedric motifs, but... It's not exactly easy, so it's just it's interesting, but you know it's going to create a market where big, huge, dominant guilds will be dominant. So there's ups and downs to it. I like it personally. So just making guilds more unique, it's fun, you know. Just like our little guild, mine's hard contact and small and everything, but you know I, I'm I'm done with the days of guilds coming and going and coming and going and that, that's kind of the PVE meant PVP mentality. You know, that they always come and reform. And I'm like, why does everyone do that? I, I want to stick in the guild and just do it for fun.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of guilds. It, it's funny how a bunch of guilds will come together and will just up and disappear within like... I can't even tell you when the game first launched, when we first started getting into it, consider doing the podcast, how many guilds were popping up the pre-launch guilds who A, maybe not even never made it into the game or made it a week or two, and then just completely up and disappeared. I know uh, we joined a a guild that was supposed to focus on end game content. Like the first week it was out, they were heavy recruiting. We joined them up and we just left them a little while ago just because I started clearing out what guilds we were currently part of. And I looked and other than Thais and myself and one other person, now this had about a hundred people in it, Three people were active within the past two days, and that was us and this one other guy. Everyone else was two or three months or greater since they last logged on and it's just like wow, the amount of you know this this guild essentially the guild leader hadn't been on since like the day they recruited us i I took note of that I was like, you gotta be kidding me he recruited us logged off, and never logged back on again. <laughs> it was just like crazy, and I know that happened with a couple of um Couple of our, our not our trade guilds that we had joined because I mean we're part of of uh, the F- friends and family guild. We're also part of another uh, the Dragon Guard, which is a a hard uh, head. My goodness, I am getting all tongue tied today. It's our PVE related guild for uh, trials and PVE content. Um, I'm part of Hard Contact, but I didn't get a T-shirt even though I retweeted. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> The other guilds we're in were trading <laughs> guilds, and the one guild is fairly active. But I checked this other one, and it, there's no one in it anymore. Like, they're a maxed out guild with like 500 people in, or whatever the max is now. I almost forget. I think it's 512. And out of those 512, there's 30 people active. No one else has been on in two months or greater. I'm like, my goodness, you got to start cleaning um, this stuff up.
2: Can I, can I say one thing to, uh, to Thaise's comment? about the meathead PvP stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now from the outside looking in, where I'm just kind of dinking around and not taking anything seriously too much, I can really see that attitude where they keep forming and reforming based on they think every everyone else sucks and they're the best. And so my friend who I've played games with three years now, he's been doing PvP uh, hardcore. And uh, so I went out with him a week ago, I'm like, oh eh, this is kind of fun, and Hey, joined his guild or whatever, and then he's like, hey, you want to join my new guild? I'm like, well, what happened to your old guild? They're like, oh, they all broke up and disbanded and formed a new guild. I'm like, oh my god. It's always drama with it. I'm like, I'm done with the whole drama. You're better than me. I'm better than you thing. Like, can't we just have a group of friends that likes to play the damn game? Sorry, frant.
0: When it comes to PvP, you can't. That's not how it works. With I know PvP it's not. meatheads. Oh, I'm so I, glad you understand that. I,
1: I'm not even gonna say PvP meatheads. I'm gonna say this. Do you know how many high-end raiding guilds have broken up and rejoined, like just because of a spat over something like a uh, loot drop or whatever the case may be? Like I've been part of a guild that essentially it's the same core group of members. Who would join a guild together? They would raid, then there would be some sort of drama. They would all leave and then reform another one. It, it yeah. happened like three or four times. It's the same like five or six people where we start adding new people in to continue raiding, but then something happens, people split, and then those same five people then just leave and reform again. It, it happens in almost every anytime you're doing anything that's would be termed pro, you know progressive, like you're going over progression for PvP or. PVE. competitive yeah. yeah competitive stuff the drama follows when the drama falls that's where you get all those split-offs you really do yep. well all right well anyone have anything else that they're excited about for update three when that goes live
2: tomorrow? oh oh my god oh the new gear sets dude oh my god i'm we, gonna have a,
1: what I, you know what i'm glad you mentioned that because n- not 20 <laughs> minutes ago in the pre-show we were talking about that
2: Oh, man, I got, I, so I crafted all my stuff per- prior to looking at some of the uh, sites that had all the stuff, the, the print screens of them, so I'm going to have like all my stuff already purple, and then I'm going to make it legendary once the patch drops, and I know that the sets actually hit with what the stats they said, so I'm pumped about those changes.
1: You know, I'm actually really excited. Let, let's let's talk about this for a little bit, because as a theory crafter and number cruncher, both of us, this will this will be a fun conversation. For anyone who has not noticed, all right? That's these. so funny. I'll, I'll
0: just I'll just sit here and because the I'm, math hurts. I, yes, the math hurts.
1: She's gonna sit over there in the corner, curled up in the fetal position, sucking your thumb. That's what's gonna happen.
2: Is that is that any different than normal? Oh, no.
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> just wait until I'm the Pink Ranger. I'm gonna find you in Cyrodiil, and you're gonna be dead.
1: All hey. right.
0: Okay. Sorcerer vampire.
1: <laughs> Dragonite vampire.
0: <laughs>
1: um, not a vampire. I am a vampire now, but that's for an achievement. Anyway. Gear sets. For those who don't actually know, the gear sets as you know and love are going away, and they are actually being revamped from the ground up. A lot of the earlier crafted sets and even some of the other sets that were found throughout the world If they were low level or low trait, had small set bonuses. They might have had two or three or whatever the case may be. And after, if you had like two, you got a little bit of a stat boost. And then uh, after you had three or four, you'd be able to get the full five set bonus. Well, that is going away. Before you used to be able to, I know a lot of the, what was a lot of, (laughs) what was popular, I am just tongue tied today like crazy. What was popular was a three-three-three uh, split or a 5-3 split, where you either had, if you were dual wielding, you could have three item sets that you went up to the third trait. And then the other set was you could have a five set trait and a three set trait. Well, now almost every single thing is going away and having a one, two, three, four, and five item set um, stat bonus so you'll be able to mix and match from there now with that being said i'm going to pull one of these up here as a truck goes by um one of the things that i have is for instance we'll just talk about death's wind um death's winds originally was a i think there was a five set bonus but there wasn't it actually might have been a three set bonus but it was if you're struck with a melee attack while below 35% health, nearby enemies are knocked back and stunned for four seconds. This effect can only happen once every 30 seconds. Now, what they actually did with this is they broke it down and added so that you could have, well, they just made those sets even better. Now they're adding it that when you have two, when you have two of the Death Wind set, you gain an additional 157 armor. With three, you get 118 max health. With four, you get an additional 118 max health. And then with five is when you get that special bonus. Can I jump in here? Absolutely.
2: Basically, they made it a lot more customizable That's really the end game. And so there's there's huge incentive to go five, less incentive to go four, even further as it goes down. But you can use two, 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 two. You can use five, three. It, I mean, there's so the there's sort of combinations of what people are gonna be running. Including skills, including armor, just a lot more customization again, both visually and your character. So that's really, they should call it customization patch, if anything else.
1: Oh, definitely. And here's the thing you can even weigh as a person when you're making your gear sets. It's like, do you really like that special bonus? Because what they've done is they moved that special bonus to needing five, and ev- almost everything requires five to get that special bonus. But you can really customize your character now going, do I really want that special bonus or would I rather just have always active passives to boost up my, my skills? I know I myself am probably gonna go, um, unless I get some hard numbers, probably gonna go full passives and rely on my uh, character abilities. Uh, yep. Deltia, what about you? What, since you've already made your entire hmm. set, can you tell us a little bit about that? What you're, what you're aiming for?
2: Well, I have three sets, a PvP, a DPS, and a tank set. So I have three sets fully done. Um, and then basically my tank set, they were originally going to change Hispark, Um but they changed it back to 18% dodge chance, which is by far the best tank set you can get. So I'm going back to bark, and then I'm going to do two-piece um, from two different sets to get max health, so I can be at almost the hard cap for health. Um, And then on my DPS, I'm going four and four. Four Hunting's Rage, four um, Night Mothers. That gives me 16% crit chance um, just by default. So I think I'll be able to get roughly 70% weapon crit chance um, using these abilities that I have on my Dragon Knight. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be nasty. (sighs) 70%. I mean, I and, I and using my bat swarms, I've taken down 30 mobs in Kraglorn at once, just by a dragonite. I'm oh you have been, a, okay. How, yeah. Okay.
1: How many have you taken down on your templar?
2: <laughs> okay, that's another rant, but. Uh, <laughs> don't I can take one. <laughs> <fun. laughs> don't don't play templars, really. If you if you are, it's it's bad. I
1: play templar good, sir, and I love my templar. Oh, uh, come on. Hey, as I said to you in the pre show, at least I don't have to fear the nerf back. We're so far down, the only way to go is up. Everything <laughs> oh, they change with us is obviously a buff.
2: Our uh, uh, arc says, Bell uh, explains his sets in details like this one looks cool. Well, that's about right. I like playing dress up in my games, and let me tell you, this one, right, Thaze?
1: Thaze. Nice she had to step away for a moment oh, of course.
2: Well, yeah dress up in games are important i mean you're, if i'm going to spend 500 dollars in a damn game i want my character to look cool right i mean it's just the way it is so yep
1: oh absolutely absolutely and i know what i'm working on now is a like i said a little spreadsheet that i'll be able to do some formulas on so i can actually figure out like i would hate if i made the set and then realize oh crap I just hit soft cap on the, all this different stuff and I could have switched the stats around so I'm working on a way I can figure out all the math for because um, I don't want to go too much into this into the soft cap or else I'll start losing points.
2: Yeah a suggestion with that is is basically you can do a couple things with Munda stones and whatnot. and what I did is I bought white um, just cheap um, gems from traders and Cragorn uh, or in whatever last city you're in. And that can kind of give you a rough estimate before you use Kudas to upgrade your glyphs and try to hit the hard cap, soft cap, and everything. But Yeah, it's going to take some time to get all your passive straight and then because those boost up your weapon damage and crit and melee And then also you want to factor in if you have buffs going at once like I have dreams green dragons blood up So my stamina recovery is boosted by 40% So really I want my stamina to be basically below that so that way I'm always having dragons blood up so just some things to think about might help
1: Oh, absolutely That's what I love about theorycraft and getting all this stuff together is it does take a little bit of tinkering with to make sure you, you know, figure yourself out and where all you're going to go. Um, okay. Uh, anything else you would like to hit on for update three before we move on? Um,
2: uh, no. Get Add some arenas, please. Soon. Add small content PVP, please. Soon. Now, please. Okay, next.
1: Done. All right. I definitely think they need to add some sort of arena or smaller scale PVP in here in order to, you know, hold on to a PVP crowd. As much as I love the Cyrodiil experience, and I think it's really awesome. It's not PVP. Yeah, it's, well, it's open world, but yeah, it's not competitive in that way. Nope. Not not the way that most of the competitive uh, area says they like to go. Um. I think we'll get a lot i think we'll get a lot more pvp interest when justice system comes out because you will be able then to hunt down the you know the murderers, thieves so there'll be a f- form of open world pvp even within um even with your in your own faction and i'm really excited to see the uh imperial city dungeon because that'll be a lot of fun as well. All right, so update three going live tomorrow, Monday, August 4th. Make sure you patch up and we'll see you there. All right, the next bit of news is another one of their community programs. It's another Loremaster Archive. And what, what was How do you pronounce that?
0: I would say Zockins.
1: Zokins, many heroes. Okay. So today we reach into the archives to explore Hammerfell's Red Guards, the unveiled, oh dear heaven above. Oh. Thank you. You know what, I'm just going to let you read that.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> Today we reach into the archives to explore Hammerfell's Red Guards. The Unveiled Azidia is a noted historian and scholar of the Crown Red Guards, traditionalists who staunchly preserve their Yokudan roots. Was that correct? I know you know Yokudan. that word. Yokudan. Yokudan. Yokudan, okay.
1: That one I knew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she answers your questions and presents two new lore books. Let's see, okay, the verse, Zokadin's Many, Zokin's Many Heroes by the Unveiled Azadia. I'm going to need you to say that for me one more time. Yokudin? Yokudin. Yokudin. There
1: you go.
0: On This, young Zokin hastened home after the scorching sands from his drills, the bright flame of legends driving his steps, and proclaimed, Mama, when I'm grown... I will be like Hafseda who moved dunes. I will train until I am stronger than all of my friends, no matter how long I must toil, and then great glory can come to our house and all will know my, my name. His mother smiled, for she knew her son had begun to understand strength and perseverance. Teardest of the next week, Zakin's joyful voice reached her ears even before the door opened. Mama, when I am grown, I wish to be like the unbowed... Memura, I will fight an army all alone to save my friends. I will never leave them to the mercy of the enemy, even if one calls me a name, such as when Samek called me sandpants. She smiled again, proud that tales of loyalty and forgiveness made a home in his heart. One Midas hence, Zakin returned home, shouting once more, Mama, do you know who I will be now? I will be like Raj Mahar of the Nine Golden Towers, and I will ride a sable horse with silver hooves to drive bandit lords from their caves and build a home for the poor from their spoils. So pleased was she to hear this admiration of honor and charity, that he was allowed two extra figs that eve. The following Tardis, Zakin flew back home, alight with new inspiration. I will be like Frondar Hunding, and I will make my blades sing and lead a mighty army. No enemy will stand against my strategies, for I will consider all possibilities. Her pride blossomed the more, for all mothers pray their sons will aspire to leadership in careful contemplation. On Freitas, young Zaken returned home from Jules with a sparkle in his eye. He did not shout or profess a new hero, but came in from the heat and sat wordless upon his favorite cushion looking at his mother the whole time. While she questioned, who will you be today? She hardly finished before he pounced to answer. I will be a new hero, and they will tell of my deeds to the little children during drills. Only then did she shed a tear.
1: Man, they got a lot a lot of heroes there in those red guards. Plus, there's the one guy with uh, the set bonus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now there were a couple questions that were asked during the answers your questions. I'm going to let you read the answer. Okay. I was reading the book Glinting Talons, but the numerous references to light and sun seemed out of place, given that what we know about Tava being the Yukudin version of Kinnereth, I was reminded of a discussion that mentioned a possible relationship between Meridia and Kine, due to Meridia's position among the Aelids and their cultural identification with birds and feathers. I was wondering if the book Glinting Talons... Purposefully drew parallels between these deities, thus making Tiva the missing link, so to speak.
0: The unveiled Azadea says, "Be not misled, O Phil, by the confused misunderstandings of the Tamrilics, whose minds are clouded by blood and darkness. Tava, as spirit of the air and goddess of weather, has dominion over all elements of sun and storm, save only for the stars, which belong to." Vuptga. May praises ever follow his name. Kine and Kinnereth are but her shadows. Images seen dimly through the dust of Cyrodiil and the snow of Skyrim. Of course, it is praiseworthy for the needlings and nordlings to worship the gods in any manner, even if their understanding is faulty and misguided. We can but hope that they come to the true way before Satakal returns to take us all. As for Meridia, speak not the name of a demon, in consanguinity with that of a god. She is an intruder from beyond Mundus, and no part of our world. Go, O Phil, contemplate your mistake, and step no more upon the path of error.
1: I believe that was a uh, a lore troll right there, like literally just got slapped down by lore. I like it. Up? Oh, did you die? I did. Oh, all right, podcast listeners, you need to take a drink. We're going to do it right here. Got to open a drink here.
0: I had to find my water.
1: Okay, drink number one. <laughs> all right.
2: I was on a Templar. If I was on a Templar, you'd all be drunk
1: by now. <laughs> <laughs> you'd all be drunk. <laughs> all right. Well, the next question was asked, I've read somewhere that the Mayomere ruler, King Orgrim, is said to be the serpent Uh, serpent god of Sadakal, which does, what does this mean for Yakutan mythology and history? We know that the Meromir are obsessed with serpents, and Redguards are too. Maybe there's a link between the left-handed elves and the Meromir.
0: The Unveiled Azadea says, It may be as you say, Morello Atrayan, for your words waft the aroma of wisdom, but as their full truth, I am unable to aver it. We speak no more of the left-handed elves, May curses follow them into the eight abysses. For to recall their abominations but darkens our days. And who can say how many each of us shall have before Tuwaka beckons us? Say that they will be too few? As for the Meramir, whatever their burden of association with the sinistral myrrh, they come not north of Macai, for our fearless sea warriors have taught them to keep well clear of the shores of Hammerfell. Orgnam? their so-called immortal monarch, will find he is not so deathless at the coming of the true Satakal. May, be, may it be long from today, inevitable though it is.
1: And the final question asked ask is, are there are there any other somewhat isolated Redguard communities like the... I have no idea how to pronounce that word. Ashaba. Okay. I also have another question. What is the official name of the nomads of Alkir? Are they just called the Alkyr?
0: The Unveiled Azadiah says, The Ashaba, though an unclean tribe of Pariahs, nonetheless perform a function blessed by Tuwaka, and they have sibling tribes in southern Hammerfell as well. I've heard tale of wayward tribe of Redguards, far in the chilly north known only as the Horsemen, but this may be merely legend. Then, of course, There are the exiled sun-eaters of Numeneth. Numeneth? Hmm, that was strange. Numeneth, but to tell their tale is forbidden. Let's see, there is one more lore book here called Plea for Open Eyes by the Unveiled Azadea. Tall papa, whose fingers brush the scattered stars, whose shadow stretches beyond horizons seen and unseen whose authority commands the spirits of the last world and the next. Have mercy on your children. It pains my soul to see my brothers and sisters clutched in the coils of the snake. They flee your blessed teachings, spitting on the face of shame they should feel and driving their rusted blades into the heart of our traditions. They have been fooled and tempted by the fat life of emperors, and here I lay bare the transgressions upon the old ways. O Vuptka, I pray they should realize the hideous visage of these sins and repent, eyes open and seeing. We know the truth, for it has been told. Honor your ancestors. He who permits their words and deeds to languish breaks his own blade and casts it to the burning wind. Yet in Sentinel, musical words and Yoku do not echo through palace halls. The tales are of foreign heroes, spoken in harsh tongues. The words of our fathers' fathers cry out for sweet water, but the legends they once carried crumble to dust. If we do not tend to them, we know that a new ending time, worse again than those before, draws near. We know the truth, for it has been told. No pity or mercy shall be afforded the wretch who stands against the warrior wave. Yet our brothers and sisters meekly accept the pariah folk as equals and allies, polluting our honor with their mud-covered feet, and staining our annals for all time. If it hurts one loyal songbird such as I to see this arrangement permitted, then hell must bring stinging tears to Tava's eyes, and inflame Diagna's very sword arm with the crimson rash of betrayal. We know the truth, where it has been told. Give your obedience to none save the gods of Yukula. The far shores recede from he who leans upon thin-blooded shoulders, scornful of his feeble grasp. Yet a mild king of green lands commands our children. He sends them to die in his quest to claim the white gold. He will step upon their strong backs to ascend. His god's fingers reach into our heart, and Morwa shakes her head. Read this, O oh brothers and sisters, you have turned your left side to duty and closed your eyes to the searing sun. Your honor blackens as the memory of Yukuda now sunken fades. All is not yet lost. Take up the sword strengthened by our ancestors' ways, forged in the fires of righteousness and keen with true honor. Renounce these misguided new movements and return to your family who will accept you despite your misdeeds. Return while you still may.
1: And that was the Lore Master's Archive, uh, Zakun's Many Heroes. Um, just let us know, I'm actually kind of curious whether or not people like this. We haven't been reading them or doing anything like that in the past, but today's uh, news articles were uh, short, so I figured now would be a nice time to see if people actually enjoyed listening to those here, or would you rather us just go back to uh, skipping them and letting people read on their own. So go feel free to comment on the site when this, uh, episode goes live and let us know what you've thought about that. And we'll decide whether or not we want to keep reading them that way. We may skip them though for weeks where we have lots of news. Cause it does take a few minutes to read through them. Okay. Well that ends the, uh, game news section and we're going to move on to our elder scrolls discussion topic, AKA the host rants.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: And actually, this was a suggestion from Deltia because I was racking my brain a little bit about what we wanted to talk about. And he suggested that we revisit the PvP within ESO. So we're going to talk a little bit about the state of PvP and ESO as we see it now. With Update 3 coming up tomorrow, they're going to do a bunch of campaign changes. I believe Update 3 is when they're going to change all of this. And they're going to consolidate all the current campaigns down into a smaller group of campaigns, separating out the VRs from the um, from the non-VR characters, as well as having, I guess, five-day campaigns and two-week campaigns. I think they're doing away with all the three-month campaigns now. So let's just do a little bit of... Deltia, why don't you talk to us a little bit about where you see the current state of PvP and ESO is?
2: Bad, um Basically, I'm a hardcore PvPer, but I I like the small eight to four-man objective-based PvP, meaning capture the flag, holding a node, blah, blah, blah. That's what I love doing. Um, Or just team deathmatch. Those two are fun. When it's horde versus horde and numbers matter, it doesn't become skill-based, in my opinion. So I don't like it right now pvp is pretty much completely broken based on a few abilities one being necrotic orb two being Dragon Knights, three being vampires if you're not those things and using those things you're gonna die a lot for instance necrotic orb if you have a whole team of eight people use it and all synergize at the same time there's nothing you can do to stop it you will die that's not fun um... so these undaunted skills are hard to get but they're game-breaking. Um, class balance is absurd. They're not. It's not. It's nowhere near as balance needs to be. Dragon knights and sorcs are just way too powerful. They are. Night blades can sunlock you, and then there's templars. And, and templars templars
1: are, are amazing, right?
2: Right. They're terrible. Um, but so, I, yeah. It's just, and they. I wish they would fix something with the travel. The travel system, to me, is just it. I spend more time running around than I do anything else, and if you don't have Necrotic Orb, you're not a Dragonite, and you can't spam ultimates, PvP is no fun. The balancing just, it needs a lot of work. They need to take Undaunted out of it, um, and they need to make other ways to PvP. I mean, giving people one thing to do isn't usually the best way, and I'm not saying to build the game around me, because obviously I think the world revolves around me, you know, blah blah blah, not true. But at the same token, I saw the Imperial City stuff, and that really got me going, because it seemed like older games that I used to play, Warhammer Online, you it was open world. And you went out of the gate, but guess what? One minute later, you're fighting someone. That's fun. I don't have to, I don't have to ride my horse for 10 minutes. I die. There's no forward camp. Oh, now i got to go back. No fun. So give people some alternatives to do stuff and maybe not make it about zerging maybe make it about just like the, the small pvp stuff eight man eight eight v8 and have some objectives objectives are awesome because it's not just about who can dps the most or whatever you have you have to have stealthers watch nodes you have to have other people do their job it makes class balancing kind of a non-issue when you have to have a stealth do a certain thing. You have to have a tank be a tank. You don't just all use destruction staffs and go around nuking everything. Because um, that's really what people do. They stack up, use necrotic orb, and just nuke everything. That's not fun. So my rant for the day is, be a vampire, dragonite, dumber. you won't die and you'll kill everything. That's not fun. Um, and that that goes with another thing is the, the, the traits or... Um, Racial perks. I wish there was a way to uh, change your race. I really do. Especially if they change the passive bonuses. It's like some of them are just unbelievably powerful in comparison to the other ones. So I don't know. I think they should just take that out of the game. I know that's a huge Elder Scrolls thing, but it seems game-breaking to me to have a Dunmer that can resist fire damage and be a vampire and do way more damage than anyone else. So, that's my rant for the day, and also one more thing is, if you haven't tried it yet, and besides the RP aspect, do Vampire. Um, I, I, if you read my guide guides or do whatever and see what I always talk about, I always rag on Vampires. Well, I tried it, and wow, was it impressive. Um, I tried it, and there's this grinding spot in Spellscar Scar Craghorn where you can level up abilities really fast, so I got all the passive perks to it, and it is just mind-blowing powerful. It is so much fun being a vampire. You can sneak fast as you would be running. You can do the best ultimate in the game. If everyone else is doing it, I had to try because I was seeing what was going on. And it is, if you're having trouble and dying, try being a vampire. You use Bat Swarm, you're not going to die. So that's my little rant for the day. One of them
1: in other games. This was a popular thing, and I'm kind of curious talking about class balances and ability balance is. What was that symbol for?
0: Oh, no, I'm just making funny faces because it's PVP. I don't really have much to say. (laughs)
1: Um, Other games actually put a limit on the amount of damage you could do from certain abilities, such as um, stacking buffs and things of those nature. How do you feel about, like, even with the Necrotic Orb, would this be too much of a nerf that once one is placed, any others maybe only extend its duration, not actually stack on top of it?
2: Um, I think they need to take it out of there. If you use Necrotic Orb in PvE, it's great. Some of these abilities need to be removed from PvP, I think. Because if you make the duration, well, that's okay, but you're still getting unlimited magic. And that's kind of game-breaking, in my opinion, for a group. Because... You're just segmenting one group. How are uh, PVP is supposed to be all about PVP, meaning that outside abilities shouldn't affect your PVP performance. PVE abilities, gear, etc., should not affect your PVP performance. Yet it does. Same thing, PVE. Why should Cyrodiil passive bonus affect my rating character? It does. Those are the things I don't like about it. So I chose Skullbreaker as my home campaign. Why? Because it's the Emperor bonus. I get tons of health, tons of magic, tons of armor. Those are the things that make PvP not fun, is that it's not all included. And maybe they didn't want it like that. But for me, I don't care for that type of thing. I want no outside thing to affect it. So if you have to do PvE dungeons to get an ability... Well, shouldn't that just be a PvE-only thing? I, I think that's... I'm trying to come back full circle, but does that make sense of what I'm going with that?
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. In some games, and this is a controversial thing, is they take abilities and they have two different versions, a PvP version and a PvE version. Um, this is actually pretty controversial because some people don't like that at all, but I prefer to go that route than people nerfing my abilities... Uh, for one or the other. If I'm PvPing with an ability, or PvEing rather, because that's what I do, I hated it when my abilities were nerfed because they were OP in in, uh, player versus player. So my raiding ability that I'd be used for my PvE and raiding was then all of its damage was reduced because in player versus player it was too tough. Now other games such as Guild Wars 2, I know they were one of the first ones that I knew did this. They started offering the same abilities, but when you went in, they were changed. So something similar to uh let's just say you had an ability that would have the ability to knock down, such as uh let's just call it silver pulse. Because with undead and stuff, it was hundred percent knockdown, blah 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 blah. Um they would change it so when you went in, it would have a chance to maybe snare an undead or you know, like a vampire versus a versus a hundred percent knockdown, which I think they actually do that. They have a internal numbers hidden that it's not 100% knockdown chance if you're a vampire or a werewolf. Even if you took all the traits, it just has a percentage chance. So I don't know why they don't change something like that like when used against other players. As for the Magicka, that seems to be a problem as it is anyway, with the whole equilibrium versus the <laughs> Necrotic Orb. It, it, why yep. can't they have this problem with stamina builds? That's all I'm going to say right now. Like They just don't. They have nothing for stamina builds. To do Not this yet. infinite, May. yeah, that's true. Not yet. Not until spell spell crafting. Oh uh, so. well. Oh yeah, they're doing a, uh, a a reversal for stamina, which is why my build that I talked about on the site will probably move something off of there to get the stamina one. So with the with the class buffs and stuff of like that, like we kind of talked about that and how we want PvP to be. I'm in favor of splitting abilities. So you have you've been kind of quiet during all this. What do you think? Um Okay. <laughs> what do you think about class balance and abilities? Do you think that they should limit the ability certain abilities from even going into PvP? Should they change them?
0: I feel like it should be how it was in Guild Wars 2, where you could have the same abilities, but when you went into the PvP zone, they changed for the PvP aspect, that it shouldn't PvP and PvE shouldn't have the same abilities, because they're two completely different aspects. When you're going against the AI in PvE, they're not going to react the same. They're not going to think the same, they're not going to move the same, it's just how it is. But when you're going against people, the skills don't directly translate between the two. So they should have, it could be the same name, it could work pretty much the same, but it still needs to be different going from pve to pvp
1: all right now i'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here just because i wanted to pose this question to both of you guys seeing as the only pvp that's available in the game currently is cyrodele there's also pve content within cyrodele so if they were to change the abilities that when you went into cyrodele your abilities became pvp do you think this would adversely affect the pve that's currently going on within Cyrodiil The dungeons and stuff like that I think it would
0: I don't no. think so who,
1: who,
2: does, who does PvE in Cyrodiil? Why, why would you? What, what's the benefit? There's no top-end gear It's faster to quest um, Yeah, you do the dungeons and maybe get a one-time thing But it come, comes back to incentives What's the incentive to do PvP there? There's none Or PvE, excuse me so if there was actually incentive to do it, like they're talking about with the Imperial City where there was like maybe a crafter station and only you can get to that, that's cool. But right now there's not. So why even do it? There I is there PV there? There's nothing valuable to do.
1: Hmm. I guess you could argue that, but I mean with, with the Imperial City coming into the game, some of the best gear. Achievements. In, yeah. It not even that, even some of the best gear within uh, Dark Age of Camelot came from Darkness Falls, which was you could use for PvP or PvE. And there are gonna be P V E encounters within like the sewers and within the Imperial Dungeon itself. Do you how I mean and there's gonna be P, the problem is, because it's a PvP dungeon, even if you switch the PvP abilities, you would be essentially gimping off your PvE ability to actually kill monsters, but still you couldn't even flip it over to normal PVE P or PvE abilities because people would actually be walking in there trying to gank you and then you'd come up to the same situation you're having yep. now.
0: I, I don't think it would negatively affect you to be using PvP abilities in the PvP zone in the PvE dungeon because even if they change wow, using these like letters together is like really <laughs> making my brain think having your ability switch from PvE when going into PvP is a good thing going against the, the, the live players. If you're going into a PvE dungeon where there's a chance you'll run into PvP players, it's more beneficial to be able to take out the PvP players rather than the PvE monsters. Because if you're going as a group, even if your abilities are a little nerfed, your biggest concern is your PvP opponents, not what moms are going to be in the dungeon. So I don't think it will really impact you all that much to have your skills switch to PVP, even if you're doing a PVE dungeon in that zone.
1: Hmm. I'm not a fan of this, but how do you feel about, I know in uh, Guild Wars 1, some abilities were outright not able to be used when you went into PVP. Like That's it was just complete. I like that. I like that.
2: Yep. Like, really? like Necrotic Orb, you shouldn't be, Necrotic Orb undaunted points are earned for what? Doing dungeons, e-
1: PvE doing dungeons,
2: why they should be removed from there. I you agree. should not have. Arguably, you,
1: you could say something. the same thing with uh, any of the any of the abilities from the um, alliance war support or assault things.
2: Exactly, because guess what? People are using to do speed trial runs, retreating maneuvers. It boosts everyone's speed. That should be removed. And guess what? Guess what? The best healing um, ultimate is it's a barrier. It's not the templars one. So the best PVE ability for healers is a pvp ultimate it's very hard to get
0: see i don't know if i agree with that one exactly
2: oh barrier is by far oh the the numbers Uh, are there
0: Oh (laughs) no 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 that that i that i agree with but i don't necessarily agree with taking those skills away from pve players
1: i I think if you're going to do this if you're going to do something that like this if you're going to remove abilities you got to be fair across the board that Things that are earned, like, you can't earn those abilities unless you uh, participate in the Alliance War. So those abilities should be canceled out if you're outside of Cyrodiil. And same with the Undaunted, you only get that stuff from doing PvE dungeons. Those should be canceled out when you go into Cyrodiil.
0: See, I'm okay with taking skills away when you go into PvP, but I'm not okay with taking skills away from PvE players.
1: Well, you can't have that's a play. Not fair there, either. <laughs> it's, there. it's
0: completely fair, though, because the, the playing field should be level when going against live players. It, it, it should be. There should be no one other person that's more OP than the next because they're playing the flavor-of-the-month class or they're using flavor no. the flavor-of-the-month ability. They're that's fires. not fair. But when you're in PvE... Everyone is equal because they all have the mm. same opportunities to use all those skills. It's a completely different kind of field. So it's, it's, it's a different aspect that you're talking about now. Taking skills away in PvP? Oh yeah, all for it. Taking it away in PvE? Definitely not.
1: Well, with that being said, with PvE being competitive, especially with Trials, what about people who have no interest or just plain suck at PvP? And are willing to go into PvP to farm out that healing ultimate. That's no exactly. different than exactly somebody right. who only wants to do PvP but doesn't want to have to grind PvE dungeons. To get
2: necrotic orb. Yeah. Which
0: is that's, a, that's a sacrifice you have to make.
2: Well, Because
0: I, I did not agree with Guild Wars 2's philosophy. Where as soon as you jump in, you can just do whatever you wanted. If you only wanted to PvP, you could just jump right at it and have all your gear. I don't agree with that. You should you should partake in all aspects of the game. I don't really enjoy PvP, but you know, there's the rare occasions that I do. So you'll find me out in Sierra Dell, and I'll be able to do that part of the content. There's this there's this gigantic world to explore with both aspects.
1: Yeah, but forcing players to actually do something they don't enjoy to be competitive will force players away. That's yeah. never. You should never be forced to do something outside of what you want to play in order to be competitive and that's what you're saying is they have to do that
0: why would it be forcing them because they don't like pvp but if if they want to be competitive they should be willing to do whatever it takes to be the best which means that if they're a pvp player it should be no problem for them to play some pve to get that op skill
1: but you're looking at it at a, in a wrong way compared to what other players will do. You will not gain players by doing this. You will lose players. Absolutely lose players. Deltia, how, how, how would this if you join this game, if they had arenas, but you, the only way you could do arenas is if you were an emperor. How would you like that?
2: I, you're exactly right. I mean, for telling people what they have to do is terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. the best, the best. Now you may disagree. That's okay. The best ultimate in the game shouldn't be unlocked for doing PvP. Why? I don't. I, if I'm paying fifteen dollars a month, if I want to go pick up damn flowers all day, I'll do it. You're not going to tell me what to do. It's my $15, and so that's the same thing. If I'm on a trials team, you're telling me now I have to go spend 500 hours dinking around in Seattle when I hate it? People are going to quit that game in a heartbeat and go, I'll go play another game. Same thing. The best best PvE gear, I'll say this again, is PvP gear. 10% weapon crit, spell crit, staff, two necklaces that's the type of crap that breaks pvp and pve and that's why i leave games they have expertise or a specific pvp as soon as they do that things get broken everyone manipulates it and and this thing in the game is the opposite of what you should get pve or pvp or pvw or whatever the hell it is so my rant here is that i wish they'd separate the two where one wouldn't affect the other. So if you wanted to do the Emperor thing, you shouldn't get Emperor passive bonuses in PvE once you're out of it. I agree. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's BS. I'm sorry. and I, I'm a PvPer. This is a PvPer's perspective. I like, Don't make it happen like that. No one wants that, except the person who gets Emperor that plays 18 hours a day. You know? Sorry. My aunt.
0: When you open up your, your character menu, and sometimes you have those little extra buffs, that comes from people playing in PvP, right? That is correct. Okay. Well, so I'm, I'm showing it right here, yeah. So how do you both feel about those buffs being given to the PvE players? I
1: hate it. I, here's, I hate the current ones. In DOAC, the, they were different. They, they did not... like If you own keeps, it was like an extra 5% gold drop. Stuff like that that did not directly affect... You know like if you want to be competitive in trials you have to be part of a campaign where they have like all the scroll bonuses like that will affect your time you know and all that stuff the emperor bonuses and all that stuff affect your times i liked it before when it was it was passive bonuses towards things like gold grind experience things of those natures that helped out your pve players um but didn't give a direct advantage and that's that's a problem, and I, I hate the current uh, the current bonuses because if you don't have them, you know you feel it, you do. Um, yeah. So that's that. that's now, a good right.
2: argument. There's opinions either way. So yeah, there fine. is.
1: And you know, I was speaking about the PvP gear, you know how much of a uh, a rant there was. I guess this was early or late B.C., early Wrath in uh, World of Warcraft. When the bet, if you were playing a Death Knight tank, the best gear was the high end uh, arena gear for PvP. And if you wanted to tank, you had to have that. That what these people hated doing arenas, like absolutely <laughs> hated doing the arenas in order to raid. Yep. And that uh, Blizzard finally got so much hate for it. They changed it like that will never happen again. You know,
0: well, you
2: every see- game has to go through this, and the good thing is the developers are listening to the community. So you know, you got to do what's best for the whole, g- the game as a whole, and they'll, they'll listen. You know, maybe me bitching about Syradel every day isn't really what everyone else feels like, and I might just be complaining. So you know, the developers are listening, so I'm, I'm happy, and you know.
0: Arcaneer said, I think. Like the greatest comment in chat. Emperor bonuses are good. Somebody else works hard and I get free bonuses.
1: <laughs> Arguably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> with the emperor buffs and uh, whatnot, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of emperor buffs for people who are emperor trading. They should only work in the campaign that you got them on and nowhere else. Period.
2: Yeah, makes sense.
1: But it's not how it works. There's been a popular trend right now, like people have been calling it, I've seen on the forums, people want a complete rollback of the Emperor. Like, up until everything, everyone who's earned an Emperor up until now should be rolled back. Do you agree with this? Because of all the Emperor trading that's going on?
2: I do not. um, Because it's like saying that... I, I don't, because there's some people legitimately get it, and you can't screw over legitimate people for a couple of meatheads that got it. I just think, take the passives out of PvE, and then, you know, you're fine. Or change the passive. They're just ridiculous powerful. The problem was that Zoss opened a million servers up at start, and what happened? They all died after two months, um, and then, you know, 12 of your buddies got online, you'd go clean out a, a thing and make your buddy the emperor, and then you're Guys in the other faction would do the same thing. It's just players being players. They're gonna take advantage of everything. Don't screw over other gamers who legitimately did the right thing. Don't screw them over.
1: Sure. That's why I'm still a fan of Emperor bonuses not working in PvE or in a campaign that if you guessed it on a campaign and, and Emperor traded, it should only work in that guested campaign. So when you go back to your home campaign, you don't get the you can keep the title, but you're not gonna get the bonuses. They only work during the campaign that you won them in.
0: See, that's the one way that I like the PvP and PvE mingling. Because if you really aren't a PvP player, but a lot of people are working hard for your campaign, I mean, it's nice for those casual players who don't have a lot of time to have those little bonuses. But I don't think it's a bad thing.
1: I I think it's a bad thing because people join only one campaign where they know their side's dominating. That's a problem. I think the buffs um, that we get need to be changed. I don't mind if they were gold buffs, but stat buffs are no. You know, like free. Ex- you know, oh, if we, if you own all these keeps, you get an extra ten percent experience. Fine. Or you own all these, you get an extra ten percent gold drop. Ten percent one cool. gold isn't yeah. much, but you know. It's, that,
2: yeah, that's a great know. point.
1: It, that would be fine. Like, beneficial bonuses and passives that aren't directly affect how well you perform in combat yep. would be fine. I don't... My goodness, they oh, could give what? me a durability reduction buff. Like, oh, I lose 10% less damage when I die.
0: That would be great. I, I'm, I'm a little confused. I know these buffs exist, but I don't necessarily know what they do. Face,
2: face, they are very powerful. You're looking at 200 plus more health at end game. That's 5% of your overall health. So you're, you're everyone on AD who's really powerful goes to Skull Breaker as their home because they get five buffs. Well, if you look at my stats right now, my guy, it's not. Emperor Alliance, you get five per, plus five health per character, so that's, I don't know, there's a hundred health. You get armor, you get weapon damage, you get spell crit. All of those things you get buffed at all times versus someone who doesn't. So the Trials people have a campaign that they just sit on because there's such an enormous bonus. There's an enormous bonus.
0: See, then don't take it out of all of PvE. Remove it from competitive Trials. Because that would level the playing field. Yes? No?
1: No? If you remove it, that's one... I'm still not fond of that kind of bonus in any content.
0: Because if we're talking about going into PvP and having the abilities change, removing certain abilities, making it so that the playing field is level, then make it that way for PvE as well. When you go into, not all of PvE, when you go into Trials, make it so that those buffs are no longer there. Everyone is the same. Everyone's abilities, uh, um, stats are the same. They They have to use their skills as a player. But if you're out questing, in the field you're not really affecting anybody else to have those buffs you know what i mean now oh, i
1: do agree and uh, the trials would be a great start right off the bat like i think when you're an open world it'd be fine i think any dungeons or anything should be removed because here's the thing if you have all those bonuses delty would it be a lie to say you're probably about 10 15 more powerful if you have every single one
2: i would say 10 percent is a legitimate point
1: more... That could mean the difference between you beating a dungeon and you not beating a dungeon. So, you beating a dungeon with 10% bonus stats, if you just so happen to lose it, the next time you go in there, you wipe and go, what happened? Why? Well, it's because you suck and you needed that handicap in order to make it.
0: Well, then play better. The main problem is competitive play.
1: Well, no, no. The main problem generally is not just competitive play, it's play in general. When you say play better, how do you ever play better... If you constantly have a handicap, that's what you're getting by parking in these in these uh, places where you have all the buffs. Well, then if
0: you realize that you died because your buffs are gone, then you learn to do better.
1: Most people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're talking about the internet here. So before we get into internet. another rant about the internet, let's go ahead and move <laughs> on. So, all right, anyone have anything to say about the state of PvP and ESO yet? For this? No, we beat
0: it, and the- we
2: beat it's it Yeah.
0: I just have to mention that uh, Deltia is still my favorite Meathead PVP'er.
1: I'm converting. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be my favorite, too, but I didn't get a t-shirt. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to make more. I'm just just saying. I I want one. We're we're,
0: we're a package deal here.
1: Retweet and get a t-shirt. Retweet. Do I have to retweet?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> all Let's. right we're gonna move off of that and we're gonna move on to the next section because i uh made Delta feel bad The Tales of tamriel section first off the guest tales for this week uh, i'm gonna have deltia talk about a little bit about what he's been doing but first off i announced on twitter earlier and asked people to tell us what they were up to and uh Rode, our friend over at Tiso Cast, told us that he is on vr7 madness He's about twenty five percent into the level now, prepping for the big content update tomorrow, color changes and gear set changes to plan. Our friend uh Zomrox reinstalling the game and patching it up to date after watching the QuakeCon panel, little heart sign. That's right. So many people are coming back to the game oh, yeah. after seeing Cons. the QuakeCon. It's just it's awesome. Our friend Kilted Piper trying to get my Nightblade to VR so I can dungeon with the guild. Also trying to get the vamp to level 6. Very slow at low levels. Well, he's working on it for you.
0: Yes, he is. Indeed. I, I should be able to get my Vampire Bite tonight. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. He's, yes, Kilted Piper has been working himself to the bone to get me that Vampire Bite.
1: <laughs> oh, Oh, cool. Kipster made it in. All right. Well, Delti, why don't you tell us a little bit about your characters, that what you've been doing in ESO this week, and I specifically want to hear about that awesome Templar.
2: All uh, right, here we go, get ready for a rant. Um, so, what have I been doing? Um, just, you know, I'm an alcoholic, so i got to play around with different alts. Now, here's why. I like to do it, I'm a tank guy, you know, I'm a tank, I like to charge in, they call me Rambo for a reason, I love to get attention and smash people, that's my thing, but I also like to know, being a leader is all about knowing your players, what they do, how they operate, and what they should be doing, so if I know what a healer is supposed to be doing, and a in a DPS, and blah blah blah, it makes me a better player, so I always try to experiment and see, um, like I'm playing a Nightblade right now, I hate Sneaky Sneaky, but It's good for me to know. So I've been playing with my um, Dragonite as usual, and I got my Necrotic Orb, finally. Um, So that was really nice. Once I got that, I realized, wow, no wonder people hate this in PvP, because you can literally nuke a VR boss if all four of you have it. You just as a synergy, you do it. So I got that, and then really there's nothing left for me to do on my character until um, this patch hits. So what I've been doing is leveling stuff. Um, I did some grinding, and I have to say a lot of people have um, found me from the show, I guess, and um, it's very nice. The community has been really awesome as far as. Just coming in Mumble and hanging out with my guild and asking questions and having fun. So it's been pretty awesome with that. Um, So I have to say, there's too many shoutouts for that. Got Vampire, and then I was blown away. I got it, and the passes at first were terrible. Terrible. I didn't understand it. My buddy came in Mumble, and he goes... Yeah, you gotta leave it at stage four. I'm like, why in the hell would you leave it at stage four? He goes, well, it drops your um, your cost of your ultimate. I'm like, okay. So I got the ultimate. Eh, it's all right. It's not. It's no Dragonite standard. Well, once you get the morph that self heals you, you literally cannot die, and you you can literally pop that, sit still, and kill five to six mobs doing 1,000 DPS, not even swinging your sword. So I was like, okay, I got that. And then I'm like, I wonder how many guys I can literally kill with Dragon's Knight with my Dragon Knight. Uh, I jumped in, did my carve with my two handed sword, I did four bat swarms on top of each other. So one, five seconds later, another one, another one, another one. I just and then the Dragon Knight, I know, gets a passive bonus to increase their health, magic and stamina by thirty percent as soon as you use an ultimate. So, not only does Batswarm heal me, I heal to full, get basically full magic and stamina every time it's up. Huh. Wonder why that's overpowered. And once I realized that, it got really boring killing everything without dying over and over and over. So, I decided I'm going to try the Templar. Now, I hate healing. Why? Because I'm the meathead Rambo tank guy. But i um, like, I'm gonna do it so I can understand. It's, it looks kind of fun. So I started playing it. Wow. Templar's bad. It really is. I'm sorry. It's the most underpowered, non-fun class I maybe have ever played an MMO. Now, I got it to 15. It just does not... It's not fun for me. I don't know. It's just not my thing. Like, it doesn't do anything fun, interesting, comparatively to the Sork or the Nightblade. Like, it's like, well, what does it do? It heals well, but DPS was just like, even these solo boss fights, I was potting and almost dying over and over. And I was like, I never had this much trouble on any of my other characters. So, sorry if you're a Templar, I don't like it. It's not for me. That doesn't mean to say it's not good or fun or whatever. Um, so, that's really my experiment, playing vampires, doing that. I have to give a shout-out to Elder Scrolls Online, I guess. Um... As you you know, we've been I've been complaining all my guides haven't been getting posted on there, and then they retweeted my got latest guide on vampirism because I had so much fun with it. I wrote a guide real quick, and I'll probably do a video guide on it. So they retweeted that, so thanks. That was cool. Got a million more followers, and yeah. So really, I just been putting around trying different stuff. I uh, cannot wait for this patch to hit, so that way my gear gets straight and, you know, we can start doing some more veteran content. Still haven't beat Crypto Hearts. Um, that was really hard and got through, I think, five bosses out of, like, eight or nine. Well, I'm waiting to finish that. And so, yeah, I'm just having fun, playing different alts, waiting for the game to get more, more content that suits my play style. Yep, that's about it.
1: Nice, nice. Now, before we get into anything else, I want to say this. You know, Delty, Maybe you and I should complain a little bit more about. Man, we'd really love to have an uh, Elder Scrolls Online devil on the show at some point. Man, they want to go on our show. If we complain enough, they, you know, they might just come on the show. That would be cool. I, yeah. I think we should really aim for that. We should both start sending emails. Right. As,
0: as being the lore person on this show, it would be so amazing to have another lore person to talk to on our show. How awesome would that be? If we
1: get Lawrence Schick on the show, I'm just going to have to shut the show down because we'll never get any higher than that. That is the <laughs> epitome of any show could ever do. To is, that have the Lauren, Schick.
2: is that the guy with the white beard or whatever? Yeah, the be
1: white it? beard and the little curly beard He kind of looks a little is. bit like Cadwell. Yeah.
0: That guy looks
1: like a okay. lore
0: guy. That would be amazing. I think I'd faint and swoon over the desk. I think
1: that would just have to be it. All other podcasts would have to shut down because no one could ever hit that level right there. <laughs> that would be it. That would be it. All right. Now, I, I kind of want to get into this a little bit with you. What – can you tell me a little bit about why you don't like the Templar? I love the oh, Templar. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of curious.
2: I can tell you a million different reasons. Here, let me explain. So if you go look at the... First of all, Templar's passives are atrocious, bad. Atrocious. The Nightblade hits the hardest, has a passive for it. The Dragon Knight can build ultimate out of combat. And using the ultimate gives you health, stamina, magic. Huge. The Sork has ability... um, I think their passive is, you know, more damage or you get a self-heal off of using abilities. Huge. What does this the Templar have you can heal more when people are low yep I'm waiting for the pause there's nothing abilities Dragonite talents locks everyone down amazing nightblade I can stun lock anyone and I can go invis when I need to Sork I can every critical hit is a self heal amazing Templar I can do a heal once in a while I mean, the, the, the comparison is there's nothing interesting about it. It's not fast. It can't stealth. Um, it doesn't have any, uh, basically, a finisher, like the Sork and the Nightblade. It's just uninspired to me. The combat doesn't feel unique. Um, you're too dependent on your weapons abilities versus your natural um, passives and abilities. It's just not fun to me. Is, does that make sense?
1: it it really does it really does and, and knowing a little bit about the other classes i mean like you said a lot of the a lot of the passives are passive boost to heals um i think like one of the one thing for templars is an under Adric shield they have a passive that increases the amount of damage that they block which is helpful uh honestly that's why in my in that, you looked at my final build. You ever wonder why my DPS build only has one ability from the Templar line? And that's that's one. Exactly. Now, no, someone in chat's like Nova. Nova is very powerful. I do agree. Nova it takes, is. It takes a million
2: ultimate. We're that's standard. why
1: I haven't been using it. It's because it takes so much to build up. I was having more fun with the. Uh, I'll do more damage with, um, not Nova, because that's an AoE, but I'll do more damage if I just use a uh, Soul Assault. That thing just rips through and it's only 150. I think Nova's like, what, five, it's, 600 it's, or something like it's,
2: that? It, no, it's, it's like 250, I think, and there's no like passive reduction either.
1: No, no. And honestly, a lot of Templars don't have a lot of things to gain ultimate other than Carve, which is a two-handed weapon ability. That's why
2: so I have weapon, it. it's so up so. now I will say this luminous shards is amazing. Templars are amazing at group support. that's mm-hmm. not my playstyle I hate it. I'm not group support guy. I am Rambo and B meathead dude that's me I'm okay. not that but if you really like a passive kind of layback help your team great otherwise it's just doesn't bring a whole lot to the table in all honesty every other class does something better than it that's my point
1: right right and i i do love lumen whenever i run a vr dungeon or something like that i am like the best friend of any tank because i drop luminous shards directly on top of them and then they can use that synergy or synergy for the stamina yeah i'm like their best friend (laughs)
2: and and magic if you morph it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah definitely so but the worst part is i would love that if i could benefit from my own synergy. That would solve a lot of my uh my stamina problems if I could benefit from the O.S. Right. energy.
2: But but you don't have any like really like you don't have a standard. You don't have a nightblade that that hits 15% harder than anyone. You don't have a finisher. It's like you know what I'm saying? It's just lacking that what the hell Nova's great. Has a stun. That's awesome. But you use it once every five fights. That's not a standard you can use you can use two of them in a fight. You
1: know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like it it baffles me how how quickly people can use standard stuff when I'm trying to use Nova. That's why I moved it off my bar because it just takes too long to to build up.
2: Well, and um, it, the reason is because of the passives. Dragon Knights get huge ultimate uh, regeneration because if you use these abilities, it gives you two right off the bat. And you can use your healing staff to build ultimate combat. So all Dragon Knights basically have a, if you're good, have a standard up before combat even starts. And then once you get going and throw a couple dots out with talons, boom, you're right back up at another standard. Now, it's just like... I couldn't find anything unique and fun to do with a templar. I like I sat in, with ESO head for like hours before I went to bed, just reading, looking at every single passive, looking at every single morph, going, what little interesting thing I could do. I, you know, I built a sork that was two that was dual wield. No one was doing that. Um, well, I shouldn't say no one, but it wasn't a very popular build. Now people are trying it and loving it. You know, I built the Dragon Knight with a two-hander. People thought that was kind of fun. I was like, what can I do with the Templar? I just, I couldn't figure anything out. Not to say that it's not great or whatever. Just for me, it was like, it was baffling the the dif- the distant the difference between the other classes in it. I don't know. That's my take on it. I know, I, I don't want to say don't ever play a Templar. It just not does not suit me.
1: I still love my Templar. And as I said, we don't ever have to worry about the nerf bat. <laughs> unlike you guys who are like might ha- you know are trembling every time a patch comes out like are they gonna touch me no. okay I'm good we're safe no it's like i don't care if they touch me it's got to be a buff so, <laughs> i, I love i love my templar but i do agree like i know one of the things which makes them one of the better like they do they do heals better than almost anyone else except for one thing in particular um is because they have a Essentially an oh crap heal, which is breath of life or whatever or rush ceremony. It's one of the only pretty much direct heals in the game. That's really, really powerful, but it's not at all magicka efficient. And this this changed a long time ago. There was a passive called what is it? Crap. Uh, restoring light passive it's the very last one in the tree where it like reduces the cost of all of our abilities by like 2% or something like that it used to be a somewhat active ability that um truck, uh, that would re- had a chance to restore large sums of magicka back to you and it was an amazing ability but they, they nerfed that really hard restoring spirit that's what it's called restoring spirit um they nerfed it to just passively reduce all of our spell costs by X amount. Before, it was a chance to actually recover Magicka back. And it was really powerful. Oh, wow. It was, I think it was like a 25 or 50% chance whenever you cast a spell to refund like 10% of its cost or something like that. And that's what it used to be. And then they nerfed it to passively reduces two or 4% of base spell cost of any ability. Yeah. It, that was like a 90% nerf to our Magic or Regeneration. We have nothing now other than Mage's Guild. Like, we have no ways of benefiting in, in any way because they nerfed that, and they nerfed that hard, right yeah, right before night, the game launched.
2: Nightblades have what? They have uh, Siphoning Strike, which I'm using right now, just where I'll do it real quick. So I can get Magic, Health, and Stamina back. Then you got Sorcs have uh, Trade Stamina for Magic, both those things are completely overpowered. The Templar doesn't have it. So your resource management is is atrocious in comparison to some of the other classes.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it really is. It is, And I, that I will agree with. Our magic regeneration is, like, we don't even have base abilities. Like, I know Sorcerer has, what is it, Dark Exchange or something like that to help regenerate?
2: No, Dark Exchange is the uh, active ability that you trade stamina for
1: uh, magic. Right. Well, we have nothing like, I think the closest we have to that, again, benefits the group more than does us. It is uh, Radiant Aura, yeah, something like that, something Aura, that when it's socketed, it gives us like 15% bonus stamina and and health regeneration, but whenever we use it, it gives all of our allies like 300%, but I don't think it benefits us. Like, I haven't noticed it benefit me.
2: That was the one interesting ability that I wanted to try to morph it into, that takes uh, the corpses. I was going to use bat swarms and use that to self heal, but um, yeah, I flipped out and rage quit before that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, Templar is definitely a very hard class to level. Um, I see T S Fangirl in the chat was saying that resource management is terrible on a Templar. It 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 is. I'll say that it really is. It's hard. Um, the resource management I have are potions. If I don't have a potion, I don't have resources. There's no way for me to really passively do it. Um. And Kipster said they, uh, they used to have a pretty nice stamina recovery ability just by doing damage. Yeah, that was that restoring spirit because it used to be anytime you did damage or something like that, you had a chance to restore your your resources, but that was nerfed hard. That was nerfed really hard so um yeah i guess the next thing uh we can talk about our tales a little bit what have we been doing and no i already did those okay (laughs) um tell us a little bit about things what you've been doing in eso you can tell us whatever we were doing this week and i'm gonna touch on some other stuff
0: Okay, well, uh, first of all, I decided that I'm going to start working on my daggers. But I haven't actually been fighting with them. I'm waiting till I level them up a little bit. So whenever I go to turn in a quest, you know, I switch to my daggers and voila, they, they level a little bit. But I'm kind of starved for skill points. So I have no skill points to use in my now level 18 dual wield.
1: I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do have to make this little public service announcement. When update 3 launches, respecs are one gold.
0: For the Whoa. week that,
1: that update 3 comes out, it's Whoa. one gold to do full respecs. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yes!
0: I, so I plan amazing. on
1: respecking a few things too during that first week because it's one gold.
0: And then will it raise after that? It's
1: going to raise. I think after the first week they said they're going to put it back up to... They're going to raise it back up, but it might not be the same cost it is now. I think they're going to Lower it as a whole. They're gonna lower it down, but uh, yeah, for the first week at least, all respecs are one gold. It's
0: pretty wow. amazing.
1: Yeah, so uh, if you want to do your respec and you've been waiting, when tomorrow when the patch goes live is the time to do it.
0: I hope our download will uh, will will allow us to use that benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Other than just the daggers, I I don't think I've done anything new i haven't been dying nearly as much and i've been using my skills more effectively nice yes it's it's been really nice i'm glad that i haven't been dying it's right. something that's very new to me <laughs>
2: <laughs> that thais drinking game might not go so well
1: no if we if we did thais <laughs> drinking game we'd all be drunk within the first 20 minutes
0: <laughs> you know what that's yeah yeah next time i should be the one streaming and then we can play every time thais dies mm-hmm. people can drink
1: We'll never make it through an episode. <laughs> um, okay, so now I know we've been kind of playing a little bit around in uh, Glen Umber Some more, we've been haven't been doing a whole lot.
0: Sorry, I was choking on my mint. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> we need to edit that part out.
1: Nope, that's staying in. <laughs> um, I haven't. I've been actually leveling my restoration staff because now we hit veteran rank two, and we're probably about fifteen percent into that. I've been leveling my Restoration staff, and I just got the ability um, Regeneration to play with because I'm trying to level that up a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm liking that. I really am. It's it's kind of neat for a healer perspective. Again, I'm going to have to try to figure out how I'm going to do magic of Regeneration and things of that nature on my Templar, but that's where I'm currently sitting. Now, um, I guess... We, ha- we haven't done a whole lot in Glen Umbra, but one thing that was kind of neat that I think we found, uh, what w- what was the thing that you found in that book?
0: Oh! <laughs> we were in some random dungeon. I actually had to tweet it. Tweet it? Tweet it? It. Tweet it? Oh, no. I know. I tweeted it. That's what I did. And it was, it was in this book talking about Spriggans. And anyone who follows me on Twitter already knows what it is. But it was, the book was talking, like the first part of the book was talking about how little kids would make, you know, pick on Spriggans. And they would say this one joke that I absolutely adored. I think it's now going to be my catchphrase. But the joke was, guess what? What? Spriggan butt. (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) adored it. And I had to twit it immediately.
1: Twit it immediately. All right. Well, yeah, so she was doing that. And I know we actually, we made our way, as I'm looking at a map of, uh, of glenumber we didn't really push too far out i know we kind of went off a little bit when we last week we were playing pretty much around daggerfall city itself and we went north a little bit and took care of uh some harpy nests that were in the area and then we kind of went back into the city and uh did the um the delve uh and the public dungeon which was a lot of fun now this week we kind of started spreading out we headed east and we uh, saved a farm like a little like a logging mill type thing. And we started heading north from there. Um and we've been playing through that area a lot with the weird witches and stuff like that. Not weird as in W-E-R-D, it's W Y R D. Weird. Weird. Uh a lot of those guys hanging out in Daggerfall. A lot of paganism
0: going on. I really enjoyed them. I, I felt like if I lived in the Elder Scrolls universe I would be an Argonian who was a member of the Weird Sisters.
1: You just want to live in a giant tree.
0: I really do. That tree was beautiful and just huge.
1: Now, one of the neatest things that I've been playing in, one of the zones that I really liked, is we were kind of messing around the city uh, Aldcroft a little bit. And it's not really much of a city as much as it is a little bit of an outpost. But there's a whole bunch of people fleeing from all the werewolves that sat Camlorn, and we've been having a lot of fun in there like uh we've been trying to go through that area and we uh lost the guy because we had to have a guy who's supposed to capture the werewolf so we had to beat them down but we ventured too far out of the area and she ran away (laughs) so we're like why are we not getting captured and then we realized we failed the quest and we had to go back and get her again um and then of course i i Delty, as much as I, I do play a Templar, but I play like you—the whole "I'm pulling everything" kind of thing. That's why <laughs> when you saw my build, that's why I specifically had it that way. I meant "I'm pulling everything" kind of guy. So I decided, hey, I think we can duo this. Uh, what is it? The Wolf's Den or the the Wolf? Oh, it, it's a uh, it's a world boss zone. Three werewolves.
0: Oh well, they were they were three people and neither one of us realized that they would transform so when we're standing there i put all my healing stuff and i'm thinking yeah you know we'll we'll be fine just make sure you you, you use your your abilities correctly and i'll you know try and heal you and we run up and we start attacking everything's going good then all of a sudden all three of them simultaneously shift into werewolf form and that's pretty much when ag and i both went maybe we should run because there was no way we were going to be able to do that, and then things got even worse when we turned around, and there was an anchor right there that was active, and there was only two of us, and we thought the same thing: maybe we should run because we can't duo an entire anchor.
1: Yeah, we didn't. We didn't do it. We died.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: yep. We died pretty hard. So yeah, that's what we've been. We <coughs> excuse me. We've been really messing around with in... Daggerfall. i've been trying to do a push to finish off glenumbra and move on to the next zone but i haven't really had too much of a chance now with that saying i think that's going to be the end of our tales here for the actual story of what we've been doing in game now outside of game however i've been playing around with um, if anyone's noticed on the official tales of tamriel site i have started an jealous saga blog and the first blog post I wrote was actually kind of like a little bit of draw because people have been asking me what I've been running. And so I wrote up and I've been working on a final build, if you will. And thankfully, Beltia told, schooled me in, in where I was going wrong. <laughs> um, but if you're interested in looking at it, it is on TalesOfTamriel.com. You can help critique it and tell me what I picked wrong. And I, I did want to go over this a little bit just because I, I, I liked... Deltia sent me this awesome email and we went over a little bit about what I was going on and I thought it was really helpful especially for people who had a very similar build to myself now a little bit of a a little bit of preamble here I'm playing a mostly DPS centric melee Templar and aiming mostly at uh, PVE related events so what I wanted was a heavy hitting powerhouse that had a little bit of survivability to it Kind of like the hybrid roles, so he went uh, 49 in health because that seems to be the only way to do anything in this game. Um, two pieces of heavy and five pieces of the medium armor. Now, um, with this, I yeah. Other than Mundus Stone, we well, talked about this. What Mundus Stone do you actually suggest, Elty, as as a, as a
2: well, are you tanking or what? This As, is
1: going to be a melee DPS build. You got to do the thief. Thief. Period. You have to. And you have to
2: use Mundestone. I would say Mundestone, Stone um, on your um, traits too, um, because you, if you do Mundestone on three out of the four, uh, three out of seven, you'll get six percent extra crit uh, to melee. So if you're doing that, I mean, that's a, There's no diminishing returns on crit. You
1: got to just go go for it. Full thief, nice. Yeah, because I'm kind of going with that. Um, because the uh, of all the bonuses you also get from the the medium armor tree, that's what I've been going for. Yep. And with that being said, like, I, I, yeah, I definitely a melee. Now my first bar is two handed greatsword. I love the two handed greatsword. Some people will complain about it, but I really like it. Now the first builds I have on here was carve because that's the only morph to really do. I mean, the other one... The other one is nice for... It's almost like a tanking thing, but why would you be tanking with a two-handed weapon? You know what I mean? Like, damage you do becomes a damage shield. Well, that's an amazing tanking ability, if only it was not on a two-handed weapon. Um, I guess that would be a nice solo build if you really want survivability from solo, but it, it doesn't really benefit much in the long run if you're doing anything other than solo. Um, I picked Wrecking Blow because of the bonus to that it does after the next attack. But I, I'll say this: even in PVE, it's I, I hate the ability. The cast time hmm. is the thing I hate the most. If it didn't have a cast time, I'd say it's probably the bar the ability you really can not do without. But it, it's it's a two second cast time to do this, and it is it it's. It's bad. I, I debated a lot about this ability. I really, really did. And even during playstyle, I don't actually use it that often unless I need to CC uh, somebody. Now, it does kind of synergize well with the next ability, I have Critical Rush, because it uh, always does critical damage, which is a plus, and deals damage, uh, bonus damage based on how far away you are, but you can kind of couple that because when you do Wrecking Blow, it knocks them back and it puts them in perfect range for critical rush. So you hit that and then critical rush. And that's pretty much a guaranteed way to get at least one critical. And it does a lot. And then, of course, executioner, because that's the only execute ability Templars have. And it doesn't even come from Templar abilities. <laughs> but it, at low at low damage, like when you get them down to roughly about, when you get them down about 20%, just start Spamming that ability, and it does a lot of damage. It also has a passive bonus, the one that I did, Executioner, that all your weapon abilities deal 18% more damage when they're under 25% health. So it passively benefits everything else you do. And then of course, the Templar ability, Puncturing Strikes, or Puncturing Sweep, because uh, the other one... The other one, I guess, is beneficial, because it actually... Anyone in the execution range, you get 70% crit to, which is nice, but uh, I don't know. I-, I like the actual heal you get from the Seller one. Um, and of course, Flawless Dawnbreaker. I hear this one actually kind of sucks as a uh, as an ultimate, unless you're fighting danger or undead. Well, but the passive, the, fact, yeah. the passive is the main reason why I have it on there, because the weapon abilities deal an additional 13% damage. So now my secondary bar, I kind of went with a full healing bar um, because that was meant to be my I'm in trouble. Let's swap to it and and heal up and do some damage because I guess apparently the restoration staff is the single target damage king. Um, Currently, currently, and I've been fighting with the ultimate, but I probably would do something similar to a soul assault because that is like an amazing ultimate for damage. And with instant weapon swap coming here soon. It it won't. It doesn't matter if I have to swap over, do soul Assault, and swap right back to my two handed. It works pretty well. So that's my current build. Um, now, Deltia, you you talked a little bit with me about where you saw faults, and I really wanted you to highlight some of these things because I think it's good for people who are building similar to what I'm doing.
2: Okay. Um, well. I applaud anyone for putting out what what they're doing out there because I I know personally it's hard, and believe me, I don't have any perfect builds or anything either. It's just getting some other perspective is usually good for anyone. And so my perspective from the build was, what are you trying to do? It doesn't seem like you're really committing one way or another. If you're doing veteran-ranked dungeon stuff, it's okay to have an off healer but pick something you really want to focus on whether it's tanking dps or heals your build seemed to rely too much on stamina for damage on the first bar and then rely too much on magic on the second one so it was like a mix between you know basically you need two to three stamina abilities and then two to three magic abilities to really be effective I, in my in my opinion um, unless you're doing full seven destro staff cookie cutter build um... And so for healing, you really only need two heals. You need the healing springs, which everyone can spam, um, which is basically you're the best heal in the game. And then your are uh, whatever the restoring light or whatever the Templar one is, the oh, oh crap heal. Those two alone are good enough. And then my, my thing was you had a bunch of abilities to give you magic. You had more than one. I'm like, you don't need more than one because you're not a primary healer. What you need is more crit. Mage's Light, if you're using magic, you have to use Mage's Light. You have to. It's 20% critical. 20%. There's no diminishing returns. Yes, it takes up an ability. Yes, that's kind of crappy. But the amount of damage or healing that that provides is enormous in comparison to what you'd lose out on. So not having that alone would really hurt your heals per second. Um, So what else? Basically... You need maneuverability, and w- when I was doing high-end DPS for uh, other games, there's a little principle called time on target. Time on target means, as a DPS, every second you should be hitting something. Every second you're not hitting something, you're bad. You're wrong. And so if you're using a two-hander, it looks cool and it's fun, kind of like my melee build here, but in real veteran rank content, there's big red circles that you have to get out of and you can't avoid. So what happens? Your time on target goes down you're hitting nothing and you're walking. Meaning, your DPS completely sucks. It would be much better to do a bow and then a two-hander or something similar and use a Restro Staff for DPS only and desperation healing versus kind of mixing hodgepodge between both. There's some abilities you just can't live without. And another one weakness to the build was stuns. You had a two second channel and really no AoE stuns, including your ultimate. Um, The best thing to do is lock down enemies. If you're playing PvP mainly, that's what you need. The mage's ability, um, Volcanic Ruin, morphed into, um, I forget the morph, what it's called, uh, Vol—yeah, Volcanic Ruin. It's an AoE stun that procs a 20% spell damage increase. Uh, Let me say that again. AoE stun, procs a 20% spell damage increase. Why not use this? The Templars have basically no stuns that are reliable um, besides the knockback. This is your huge thing you're missing to control uh, enemies. Because even if you're a DPS in a veteran-ranked dungeon, you're still going to have people jumping on you all over the time. And you're going to need to deal with it. The tank can't do everything in this game. So, that's my perspective. When I'm looking at a build and I'm going over long-term, you're going to need a few things. You're gonna need to execute probably. You're gonna need a movement ability and you're gonna need a stun. Do you have those things on your bar? Movement, you gotta get out of the way sometimes. You gotta be able to finish something when it gets low. And really, you gotta self heal somehow too. Um, So those are some of the things all builds have to have. And look at your build. Are you relying too much on stamina? Are you relying too much on magic? Because let me tell you, in the end game, even if you do have spell symmetry, you're going to need stamina to block, to run, to do something. And there's also some really good defensives in stamina. You can use the armor abilities, even if you're full um, light. Using that undomitable armor ability, that gives you basically max armor. Um, so, use stamina, use as, you know, the um, fighter's guild ability if you have to. but. Being too dependent on one or the other probably isn't good for unless you're doing the cookie cutter destro resto build, which I hate. Was that helpful or did I just ramble? Oh off? no,
1: no, no, totally helpful. I, I do agree with that. Now, even when you said that, I do have an executability on my bar. But you know what? Actually, what might even be somewhat possible to bring in here is that um, it's not luminous shards; it's the other morph. Lazing spear. Um, Lazing spear does have a stun. It's an AOE stun, but I think it only hits one person. Though that's the problem. Oh, really? Yeah, it does have a stun. It absolutely does. Um, but it, I think, it only hits the first person who it, it registers the damage with. Um, yeah. But... I, I didn't. I don't think it has any other form of AOE stun or anything of that nature. But with that even being said, as a Templar we're very severely limited on what we can get class-wise for that. Like, we got nothing class-wise.
2: Right, like, so you're, re- you're relying on all your weapon abilities basically, but yeah. the self-healed breath of life, that is pretty powerful, and so I like that you had I guess let's go with positives. I like that you have critical charge that's your movement ability so that can get you to and from targets priority wise because uh, dpsing you're gonna have to get somewhere fast time on target that's your time on target ability um i do like the finisher you gotta have that finisher for when you need to get something down and power generates that ultimate which basically you can't do on your own as a um as a templar so some of those things are really good um but yeah that was my feedback and i know i, I kind of banged on you for a little bit but i was like well you know if i you know people have came in my mumble and told me what i was doing so uh, wrong and i still am open all ears to feedback because i'm not the best player in the world but i've spent probably 500 hours in the game and i really take pride in researching you know what's good and why why is it good
1: mm-hmm. you know?
2: and so yeah
1: Honestly, I could definitely move that Wrecking Blow off my bar. <laughs> That's the main thing I should probably just get rid of. Just if
2: it. you took that off and put Volcanic Ruin on, you'd have a really good build.
1: I'd have to look at it. Because, again, this, this bar will be very helpful once... Right now, I would say no. Once Instant Weapon Swap, then I essentially have that. I can heal myself with just, you know, switch, you know, five, switch back, and there's my heal. Almost like no, there's not any, I guess, maybe a second of lost DPS from the switch and hitting the button. So it's two keystrokes instead of one. But I I would deem that as acceptable to have extra damage abilities when you don't need a heal. Would you not agree with that?
2: Uh, yeah, depending on how the lag works and stuff. Um, now, I, what I did was having fun doing was um, the Templar with a bow. And... Um, what I did is the two knockbacks, the binding jabs, and um, what was it? Binding jabs, whatever. The knockback with that, and then also the Magnum shots. So you had two knockbacks. So really, no one could get, no one could get near me. So that was kind of fun as a Templar. Mm-hmm.
1: But. Definitely. All right. Well, I think we've uh, spent enough time on the build for right now, and uh, let's go ahead and we're going to move on to the next bit of our podcast, which is the dramatic reading. This week's reading will be a book called Monomyth Chazar's Song. I love Shesar, just so you know. Fais, go ahead and take it away.
0: This was a new thing that Chazar described to the gods, becoming mothers and fathers, being responsible, and making great sacrifices with no guarantee of success. But Shazar spoke beautifully to them and moved them beyond mystery and tears. Thus, the Aedra gave free birth to the world, the beasts, and the beings, making these things from parts of themselves. This free birth was very painful, and afterwards the Aedra were no longer young and strong and powerful as they had been from the beginning of days. Some Aedra were disappointed and bitter in their loss and, and angry with Shazar and with all creation, for they felt Shazar had lied and tricked them. These Aedra, The the gods of the Aldmer, led by Uriel, were disgusted by their enfeebled selves and by what they had created. Everything is spoiled, and for now, and for all time, and the most we can do is teach the elven races to suffer nobly with dignity, chastise ourselves for our folly, and avenge ourselves upon Shazar and his allies. Thus are the gods of the elves dark and brooding. And thus are the elves ever dissatisfied with mortality always proud and stoic despite the harshness of this cruel and indifferent world other Adra looked upon creation and were well pleased these Adra, the gods of men and beast folk led by Akitash, praised and cherished their wards the mortal races we have suffered and are diminished for all time but the mortal world we have made is glorious filling our hearts and spirits with hope. Let us teach the mortal races to live well, to cherish beauty and honor, and to love one another as we love them. Thus are the gods of men tender and patient, and thus are men and beasts folk great in heart for joy or suffering, and ambitious for greater wisdom and a better world. Now when the danger lords heard Shazar, they mocked him and the other Adra, Cut parts of yourselves off and lose them forever? That's stupid! You'll be sorry. We are far smarter than you, for we will create a new world out of ourselves, but we will not cut it off or let it mock us, but we will make this world within ourselves forever ours and under our complete control. So the Daedra lords created the Daedric realms and all the ranks of lesser Daedra, great and small, And, for the most part, the Daedra lords were well pleased with this arrangement, for they always had worshippers and servants and playthings close at hand. At the same time, they sometimes looked with envy upon the mortal realms, for though mortals were foul and feeble and contemptible, their passions and ambitions were also far more surprising and entertaining than the antics of the lesser Daedra. Thus do the Daedra lords court and seduce certain amusing specimens of the mortal races, especially the passionate and powerful. It gives the Daedra lords special pleasure to steal away from Shazar and the Aedra the greatest and most ambitious mortals. Not only are you fools to mutilate yourselves, gloat the Daedra lords, but you cannot even keep the best pieces, which prefer the glory and power of the Daedra lords to the feeble vulgarity of the mush-minded Adra.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. I like the Adra, though. That's a shame.
0: I like the Adra too. Although, as always, there are those three danger that I am in love with.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is the Community Spotlight. In honor of Update 3 coming out, I am actually going to provide a link in the chat for people. I'm going to do that right now. We are spotlighting Tiso Elite's ESO armor dies uh, section. Because what they had done was they had put all the armor dies that they had knowledge of, and there's quite a bit of them actually if you look at it. And if you hover over each specific armor die, it tells you exactly what achievement is associated with it in order for you to unlock that particular die. So if you need something special, like if you're after a very specific die, you can come here and find out what it is that you need to do to unlock it. And actually, I'm going to look at one of the more popular ones here, uh, which is probably one of these blacks. Okay. Okay. Black is unlocked with an unknown achievement. That's nice. Oh, here's I thought a I was vampire. Uh, no, there's a white one for vampire, I think. Really? Yeah. Um, which is weird. Um, there is a black one here called the I what is that?
0: Iconoclast?
1: Iconoclast achievement is pretty much like a gray scale black, it looks like, which looks really neat. But yes, yeah, so if you're interested in checking out uh the die system, which you should be, You can uh, hop out here to this website right now, which I posted in chat for you uh, um, podcast listeners. I'll have it in the description. You can check out all the dies that are available and what achievements you need in order to actually go get them. So maybe you want to do a little bit of front-loading right now. So that is what we're doing for the Community Spotlight, and thank you, Cast, for everything you do. All right, the next section here I wanted to mention is... Uh, I kind of want to bring back the guild spotlight a little bit, and I don't have it in the notes. Um, and Deltia, this is something I actually want to talk to you about as well. Um, during this part, if you had any kind of recruitment for your guild that you're after, we could do it here. I don't know if you have anything okay. in particular for t- this um, week, but if you want to say something, you can.
2: Um, well, my guild is... I mean. Very small. I, I don't ever want to have a big guild ever again. I just want people who are like-minded that want to have fun and play veteran rank content and do some PvP. That's all I want to do. So if you're into that, I'm on Aldmeri, uh Dominion. But we're a tight guild. We give each other glyphs. We don't charge for anything. It's not like that. I mean, so if if you like that and kind of an older crowd, I should say, you know, pretty much 30s plus, honestly... <laughs> Um, if that's something you're into I'm not saying you have to be that old but that's kind of what I'm doing that's Hard Contact which is kind of the name I've used for a million different guilds but if you like something like that you know? by all means whisper me at Deltia but nothing hardcore um, and know like, you have to play every week blah 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 but just know that we're going to be playing this game for a long time so we're not going anywhere
1: excellent, excellent yeah, I, I kind of wanted to bring this back because some people have been asking about it and we haven't done it in a few weeks and I figured now would be a good time to do it because we actually have something else we wanted to announce as well. Um, as always, the Wings of Fate uh, Friends and Family Guild for Tales of Tamriel, if you want to hang out with us and kind of chat with all the hosts that are on the show, uh, Deltia, the Yeast, myself, uh, some of our other guest hosts, Arkaneer, he's in there, uh, feel free to whisper us. It is... At jealous, that's A G G E L O S. Or at tear eater, T E A R E A T E R. For guild invite, um, we're just a we're, a, it's a casual friends and family guild. We're there to chat. We like to help each other out with dungeons and fun stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you're interested and want to be part of that, you can mess for us. Now, with that being said, another member of our of our community, Kipster has acquired a another guild. He calls the Dragon Guard. And he is looking for any members who are Ebonheart Pact, because that's what it is. It's an Ebonheart Pact Guild, who are looking with a serious intent for veteran rank content stuff, VR dungeons, trials, that kind of stuff. It's an Endgame PVE guild for Ebenhart Pact. So only we're currently looking for people who are currently veteran ranked with a serious intention towards PVE endgame. So if you uh have any interest in that? You can contact Kipster. That's what is it? K Y P S T E R in game. And you can chat with him about that. All right. Um, finally, for the Wings of Fate Friends and Family Guild, I think next week, next Saturday, um, that's going to be next Saturday, August 9th, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do a explore Cyrodiil with the and myself we're going to go out into whichever campaign that we decide to home i don't know which is going to be and we're going to wander around cyrodele closing dolmens and uh exploring the Iliad ruins and stuff like that so if you're interested in playing uh ebonheart pact and want to explore a little bit of cyrodele with us you can come out and do that all right so that's going to end our, or you can come kill us yes that too Oh, you know, no. that would be a perfect time, Deltia,
0: to oh, yeah. have <laughs> our
1: one-off between you and uh, Thaise. Oh, yeah,
0: we're going. <laughs> wow, but I don't have my pink armor yet.
1: Well, the die system will be open. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. All right, I'll have to try and get the pink die so I can I can fight Deltia. And by then, I will be a vampire, so I might actually stand a chance.
1: I think he's a vampire, too. So, so
0: this Oh, man. There's a slim chance I could win, but there's a very large chance I'll have my face beat into the ground.
1: <laughs> so come out and watch that, because that'll be great.
0: <laughs> can can it be like the old style where everyone just forms a circle around us? Oh, yeah, us it's going to be cheering? Fight Club. Yeah, yeah nice. It's, it's
1: Fight Club version. So, yeah, that's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, August 9th. Uh, just chat with us in the guild. We'll tell you what campaign we're part of, because I don't even know what they're called yet. So... We'll have to see that. All right. That ends our Guild Spotlight. We're going to move into our email section. We only had one email this week, and you can go ahead and read that one.
0: All right. This email is from Asteldian. Awesome show again last night. It was great to actually listen to it live. Nice to have a podcast which is on a UK UK friendly time. Hope to be listening live more often in the future. Only downside is I don't have the podcast to listen to at work now. Have a great week and enjoy the awesomeness that is Daggerfall Covenant.
1: Well, we are going through Glenumbra at the moment, and I've actually really liked it as a whole.
0: It's okay. I I I bleed for the pact completely. Huh. So I'm enjoying it, but it doesn't be Evan Hart pact. No, Evan why Hart are you pact laughing awesome. over there, Deltia?
1: Oh, my. You filthy nords.
0: I'm not a nord. I'm a Breton, but my husband is a nord, so that is why I bleed for the pact.
1: I've been a nord since Morrowind, so I'm not even one of the Skyrim fanboys that all the other nords. Everyone's like, oh, you're playing a nord, you're a Skyrim fanboy. I've been playing Elder Scrolls since Morrowind, so stop it.
0: Although, if I had the choice, I'd be an Argonian. So, yes, we, we bleed heartily for the pact.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, she only wanted to be. She hated the Argonians when we first met. So, when we first did it, you called them a bunch of drug addicts that you didn't even want to deal with.
2: That's
0: true. That is, is true.
2: Is Aldmeri the last one for you guys?
0: Yes.
1: Aldmeri is the last. Yeah, it goes Ebenhart Pack, Daggerfall, and then Aldmeri. And every, so they, saved, they saved the best for the last on Ebonheart. That's good.
0: No, no. Every choice that we're presented with, where we can kill an elf, I am making sure I choose that <laughs> option.
1: No, I think they just saved Mary for last because that's when you're finally tired of it and just want to hit VR twelve, so you just start skipping everything.
0: <laughs> all right, <I> see <laughs> how that
1: is.
2: Uh-huh.
1: all right. Well, that is going to bring us to our end of our show, our final thoughts. So uh, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts and let everyone know where they can follow us at the East. Tell us your final thoughts for this, this episode and where they can follow you and all that fun stuff.
0: Oh, my final thoughts for this episode, it was, again, like always, it was an awesome episode. I enjoyed the book. That one wasn't nearly as difficult as some of the other ones I've had to read.
1: Technically, definitely had three books this
0: week. Oh, yes, I read three books. So that was a lot of fun for me. I got to do a lot of reading, which I enjoy very much. And let's see, you can find me in-game at... at Tear Eater, which is T E A R E A T E R, can also now follow me on Twitter. Is it at again? Yep. At Twit Queen Thais, which is Twit Queen, T H A I S.
1: Twit Queen. That's hilarious. <laughs> all right. And uh, Deltium, good sir. Tell us your thoughts for the show. Oh, it was a
2: good show. I mean, I think we're all really excited for the the new change and see how the game works and i think a lot of things will change for the positive um especially pvp even and then the builds i think you'll have a lot more variety instead of everyone just distro staff to death type thing so i think the game's changing the positive plus a lot of customization so i'm really excited about that and you know it's a good time to be in this game a lot of people are coming back to it um even from their games i thought people would never leave now they're messaging me and going hey uh how do you play night or blah blah blah. so i'm getting excited for the game to transition to the next phase which is you know having thieves guild dark brotherhood because that's really what a lot of people like uh elder scroll series for so yeah i just can't wait for dies tomorrow cannot wait black and yellow
1: excellent I-, I know i'm gonna waste like pretty much as soon as it's done patching no one it's gonna to talk to me for like two days as I'm sitting there going through all my dies and playing with it. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Well, um I do wanna thank my co host Deltia and uh Daze. Oh and Delta, you didn't you didn't say your other thing. Where they can oh. find you. You should say that first.
2: Yeah, I, whoops, my bad. Um at Deltia's Gaming, um on Twitter, YouTube and uh Twitch, everything at Deltia's Gaming is the website. And so there I just kinda post random blog stuff once a week and then also do guides when I get time to do stuff that I found out interesting like my recent ones a vampire guide and then finishing up my dragon knight guides and so if you want that sort of thing you know you can head over there and maybe some opinion pieces I got one on how to balance work and life and gaming and that's kind of interesting
1: absolutely I do encourage everyone if you're a fan of the show you should go check out Definitely. Like I said last week, they should you know, Tales of Tamriel and Deltia's Gaming should be like a rotating homepage <laughs> for you. That's what you should do. Matter of fact, just open two browser windows at the same time and just <laughs> both. Oh my gosh. That's right. I uh, I'm I uh selfless plug. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank my co host again for joining me. And uh I also want to thank this awesome chat room. I think this is the largest chat room we've ever had, actually, which is awesome. Um Really great. I want to thank all you guys for coming out and being so active in the chat room. It's really great to see you guys out there. Um 29. I, Twenty twenty-nine. That's awesome. Um so up so excited for update three, what's coming out, uh everything that ESO is doing, like no matter what, even no matter what I'm doing, if I'm playing like a single player game or anything like that. No game gives me the feeling that ESO gives me when I log into this game. It's just like, wow, I am finally home where I want to be. Hmm. And yep. it, it it is. It's other games. I'll play them for a little bit. And, and it's like, OK, well, as soon as I hop into ESO, I'm, I don't even have to be doing anything. I'm just in the zone looking around going, ah, this is this is nice. And it is. It's a great time to be part of this community. As Delty said, so many of our our friends and stuff are, are coming back to the game after, like, the uh, launch of Wildstar and stuff of like that. A bunch of people went to go play that. And now I'm actually seeing a lot of people are now coming back from Wildstar and went, you know what, that wasn't for me, blah, 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 blah. Or I just missed ESO so much I didn't think I would, but as soon as I left it, something just wasn't there. And now I want to come back. And it's really exciting to see all these people coming back and... Uh, I want to thank everyone who helps us out, supports us, and it lets us continue doing what we enjoy doing so much, which is producing this podcast for you guys. So thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you wish to help support the podcast, feel free to donate via the PayPal link on our website. If you wish to contact us with questions, comments, criticisms, the website for the show is TalesOfTamriel.com. You can email the show at podcast at TalesOfTamriel.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at TalesOfTamriel, Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalesOfTamrielPodcast, or on YouTube at YouTube.com TalesOfTamriel, where we have all of these episodes up in a video format both in an audio-only format and in the stream. So you can re-watch the stream if you want for all the episodes that we have done live. Um, Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes. That helps us out a lot, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel. Good night, everybody.